0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everybody? This is the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, here, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style.
2: I'm here with the young boy Josh Smith and Chris Samson from Sport of Pro Wrestling. On today's show, we'll review the road to Tokyo Dome and preview all three nights of Wrestle Kingdom 16, answer listener questions, and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling store, pro wrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPW world.com with features like dark mode improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. Young boy, Chris, how you guys
3: doing? Doing good. Did you know that this is my third consecutive Keeping It Strong style Wrestle Kingdom preview show? I did. I saw that. uh, You tweeted it out right before we went on the air. Very proud of that. Three years straight, made it out for this night. It's very special. You know, (laughs) you got to start
2: a tour off hot. You know, the the big, the big Corkin date, you start with us and you go running
3: from there, man. Might just be four straight Corkins. We'll see. (laughs) Not sure what the week's going to be. You mean
1: like there's less, there's less people having you on this year?
3: Um, I, it, I don't have a lot finalized, but there are some people who have reached out to me, um, to see what's what's good for the rest of the week, so, but uh, the tour always starts at keeping it strong style because you guys uh, you seem to time yourselves to, to land early, um, which is which is good good for me because it forces me to start getting stuff ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just
1: like, wasn't sure if like there was like less people actually covering New Japan. Maybe that's why like.
3: <laughs> so the 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 cool thing that I like to help people do is catch people up. So um when big events so usually g1 new japan cup g1 and wrestle kingdom i'll always hit up whoever i've done audio with in the past and say like hey if you want to do a little little preview sitch uh let me know so i've got a couple of couple of bites i'll probably get out there a little bit more this year last year was was kind of quiet g1 season was kind of quiet so and i know that you guys have talked about that quite a bit so um, But I think people want to get back into it, and Wrestle Kingdom's usually a good chance to dive back in.
2: Yeah, definitely a great jumping point. I feel a normal year anyway, people are kind of jumping out during World Tag League season and kind of waiting for the hype of Wrestle Kingdom, so... Also, we have the Road to Shows we'll talk about here in a second and kind of the build to Wrestle Kingdom. And Chris, we'll get your thoughts. We really haven't heard your opinions on all three nights and kind of what you're thinking, what your excitement level is. Uh, but first, we have a question here from a good friend of the show, Dan Coffin, a.k.a. the ghoul, the, the dad of the Largo Loop. He wants <laughs> to know, uh, did Santa bring any wrestling related gifts to us this year?
1: Oh, I thought you said SAMHSA. I was like, Chris, did you bring us anything? <laughs> got a red bag in my shoulder,
3: <laughs> ready to give wrestling-related gifts.
1: You know, I mean, I don't believe in Santa, so I mean.
3: Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, did, did, did uh,
2: anybody give you any uh, wrestling-related gifts then?
1: I did get one wrestling-related gift this year. I got a vintage Sandman
2: t-shirt.
4: Hmm.
1: And it's, it's fashioned in the uh, design of a Budweiser can logo, but it's Sandman. And it says on the back, like, blood, sweat, tears, and violence, you know, in that, like, very 90s ECW kind of way. So, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs>
2: Didn't you also get a uh, women's uh, PWI? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about
1: that was a gift. Yeah, someone bought me the PWI uh, 150 women's, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? I, I trashed that. I don't even have it anymore. <laughs> now I'm just playing. It's in the closet. Uh, they also gave me a... Um, it was from our Largo Loop Secret Santa gift exchange. They got me a um, poster of the Four Pillars, but it's done in like you know, 1970s like comic book sort of style, so... You know, it looks like a comic book cover, the four of them standing there. The weird thing, though, is they're all, like, super, like, jacked and have chiseled chins. And I was like, I don't remember, you know, Tauwe looking this, like, fit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Mizawa's very, very slim there. It's kind of (laughs) weird.
2: What about you, Chris? Any uh, wrestling-related gifts this year?
3: No wrestling-related gifts. I actually don't think I've had – this is going to sound sad, I guess, but I haven't gotten any gifts. Oh. Um yeah, yeah, I see the face. Um <laughs> Yeah, well so my wife and I didn't do gifts. Um just uh, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. This year is a we don't year and um both sides of my family do secret santa and my secret santa couldn't make it to Christmas on both sides of the family. So, mm. I'm like over here waiting for any gifts. Um which is okay. I'm not a I, I it it's much more fun to give gifts than receive them as you get older, I find. Yeah. So, um, you know, like actually getting gifts is kind of awkward sometimes cuz you're like, this is cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I yeah, it's been a quiet quiet Christmas and no no, you know, I buy myself my wrestling related gifts usually. Um, so yeah, nothing left to nothing left to give me. I got eyes on that 50th anniversary tracksuit. Oh yeah, um, I saw that drop today. I'm like, yeah, that's looking pretty. That's looking pretty hot. Might, might have that just... may be, <laughs> yeah, that be a gift to myself. So <laughs> nice, another nice red and black New Japan trad tracksuit. Uh, a good start to the year. So yeah, how about you, Jeremy? Mister Mister merch.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't get any merch, so to speak, but uh, my girlfriend one of her one of the gifts she got me. She got me the John Moxley uh, book. Uh, hardcover so that was pretty cool and then um her aunt got me this uh new japan pin that has like a ice pack in the middle instead of the lion mark and it's like just just keep fighting kind of thing so I guess it's like a playoff like the young lions and bringing in the, the ice pack and so
1: she definitely didn't know what she was buying she's just like it's a new Japan thing All right yep <laughs> I'm gonna buy it and then it turned out to be awesome. Like, I saw that and I was like, someone made a pin out of the ice pack. Like, that's like, incredible.
3: Like, the blue or the whatever ice pack Yeah, the bl- bring ring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. She's like, yeah, Jen told me your podcast is about
2: uh, New Japan or pro wrestling, something like that. So, this is what I found. I was like, that, that
3: works. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: that's pretty really
3: cool. cool. Why does that exist? That's so weird. I love it, though. I don't it's know. It's probably
2: from,
1: like, Etsy or something like
2: that. Right. Yeah, I think it goes from Etsy. Like, one of those, like, design your own gimmicks.
1: I got, uh, last year, I got, like, four pins, and they were all, like, like manga style, but it was, like, Tanahashi, Naito, Hiromu, and I think the other one was either, ok- maybe Okada or Shingo, I can't remember, but, you know, so I got some New Japan pins, too. Nice. A- around here somewhere.
2: All right, let's uh, jump in, guys, to our Road to Tokyo Dome talk, so we had uh, four Road to Shows that happened in the last week, and we'll just kind of go over the results real quick. Anything you guys want to point out? Any story elements that you notice? Any thoughts that you had here? Uh, some of the bigger matches we can kind of um give some points on as well. So the first show we had was a uh, Tuesday, December twenty-first on New Japan World. Show opened up. We had Fale and Chase Owens defeating Yuji Nagata and Yuto Nakashima. Then we had Doki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating Kosei Vegeta and Toriano. And also, that match was um, in part to set up the King of Power Wrestling year end party match that would happen on the last row to show. Then we had the House of Torture Evil show in Yujiro defeating the Chaos team of Ishii, Yo, and Oiwa. Obviously, setting up uh, the Never Six Man match and the Never Title match between Evil and Ishii there. Then we had the Chaos team of Goto, Yoshihashi, and Tiger Mask, defeating the Suzuki team of Taichi, Takamichi Noku, and Zack Sabre Jr. And also that's setting up the tag team title match. Then we had Tanahashi, Wato, and Aguchi defeating the Bullet Club team of ELP, Gato, and Taichi Ishimori. Then the semi mid event United Empire team of Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb defeated Los Ingram De Dejapon, Bushi Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. And uh, kind of started here on this night, and we'll talk about it as we go through here. Naito started working on the knees of Jeff Cobb, so it seems like uh, going into their Wrestle Kingdom match, that will be a heavy focus for Naito. We've seen him bust out some different submission moves throughout the year, so maybe he'll start using more uh, leg submission here to try and submit Cobb at the Dome.
1: It's probably more likely he just wants a fair fight, so... You know, he has no knees. The <laughs> cop shouldn't have any either. Just make it equal, you know?
4: Yeah. <laughs> They've
3: just removed Tetsuya Naito's knees. So that's how he's uh,
4: standing.
1: <laughs> there's no MCL. There's no PCO. All, all that's gone. It's just cartilage and bone just grafting on each other. That's basically what it is now.
3: <laughs> okay, uh. Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: is that something Dave says?
3: Dave talks about Tetsuya Naito's knees like they don't exist, yeah.
1: Yeah, he has, like, a fixation on his knees.
2: Well, Dave also talks about Okada's, quote-unquote, back Back, injury, yeah. Yeah. His back is just uh, so torn up, but he's out there killing it every night. Uh...
1: (laughs) Yeah, you'd think if his back was in good shape, he'd be, you know... Even more of the best wrestler of all time than he already is. Like he's he's like he's already the best wrestler ever, and, and his back. Could you imagine if this guy had a full back? And it's
3: like, <laughs> a full back.
1: I think he might. You know.
3: <laughs> Listen, is a couple of years younger than me, and my back hurts from like normal stuff. So like maybe Dave's just hedging his bet that like his back hurts because he's in his I guess mid thirties. No, he's getting worked by someone that's like, oh, his back is gone. <laughs> no, I think I do think he had a back situation. That he did. something going on.
2: Yeah, because there was yeah. that, that old that documentary they did, uh, I think it was like a year right. or two ago, and showing like how, like, how, how hard it hurt to get out of bed and all that stuff. But honestly, he plays on that even more in his matches and sells the back and has guys like Cobb suplex him on the outside. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And then Dave kind of overblows it. but it It's
1: fighting spirit, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, But speaking of Okada, he was in the main event here Him and Robbie Eagles They lost the LIJ team of Hiromu Takahashi And Shingo Takagi And I would say this is one of the uh, best matches From this stretch of Road to Tokyo Dome shows A great preview here for Shingo and Okada And also Eagles and Hiromu have great chemistry And just a great back and forth matchup here And great to see the the LIJ team, Shingo, uh, getting the win here
3: yeah, this was this was great. This whole show was really good, really solid. Um, it's also free on NJPW World without any sort of account, um, both in English and Japanese. So if you're keeping up with New Japan via Keeping It Strong style and you're waiting for the first so you can resubscribe to, to New Japan World, um, you, you should... You should check out this this particular show because it's free and you don't have to worry about having an account that's active.
4: Yeah.
2: So then we move on to Wednesday, December 22nd, opened up with Fale, Chase, and Jado, defeating Fujita, Oiwa, and Nakashima. Then we had Doki, Suzuki, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating Tenkoji and Toriano, continuing to uh, build the year-in party. House of Torture, Dick Togo, Evil, Show and Yujiro Takahashi defeating the Chaos team of Ishii and Yo, and they teamed up with Great Bash Heel, Togi Makabe, and Tomi Okahama. One thing I didn't notice here with House of Torture, Dick Togo, he is wearing all three of the never openweight uh, six man titles.
1: Yeah. Uh, those guys don't really care about the belts, and, you know, he's their lackey. And uh, yeah, it's what he does.
2: I mean, he's doing most of the work in, in their matches anyway, so he, he should wear all the belts.
1: I feel like there was someone in suzuki Goon that had that gimmick a few years back it might have been taichi or maybe taka i don't know someone was wearing like all the belts of all the other members at one point it was really funny
2: i feel like there'd be a taka thing to do maybe <laughs> but uh next match here we had goto yoshihashi and master wato they defeated the suzuki team of taichi taka and Zack saber jr so taka not uh Picking up much wins here since his uh, return
3: to the company.
1: Any? Has he gotten one win?
2: Yeah, he gets one on the. He gets uh,
3: one. Yeah. On it's, the next. Show. Uh, yeah, it's the third of these shows, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. He got the fall, even. Yeah, he did. See,
1: I, I've only finished up to the second night, and I'm just like, eh, you know.
3: Uh, I mean, no. the big story out of the third night was that Taka got a fall, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. The main event was something something to see, too.
2: Yeah. So next up here, we had uh, United Empire, Hanare, Great O'Connor, Jeff Cobb. They defeated the LIJ team of Bushi, Sonata, and Tatsuya Naito. Then we had Hiromu and Shingo defeating Okada and Rishika Taguchi. And then the main event here, we had... ELP, the return of Kenta and Taiji Ishimori. They defeated Flying Tiger, Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. In a uh, post match here, as in several nights, uh, Kenta just laid out uh, Tanahashi. That they also have a no DQ match happening in Wrestle Kingdom for the US title. And the whole story is can Tanahashi stoop to Kenta's level and go with the no DQ rules, or he can continue to try to fight straight? And so far, it's been backfiring. Kenta's been getting the better of him. Laying him out with the title or chair shots, and just leave, leaving this man laying uh, broken every night.
1: Yeah, that's showism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he
1: had the same problem in the uh, Super Juniors, couldn't out cheat the other master cheaters.
2: Well, yeah, hopefully uh, the ace here can he can figure it out by uh, Tokyo Dome. But then that takes us to uh, Thursday, December 23rd. We had uh, Taichi, Taka, and Zack Sabre Jr. winning here. Taichi picking up the fall here as they defeated Goto Yoshihashi and Kosei Fujita. Ta- uh, Taka again the win over Fujita there. Then we had Yano and Nagata. They defeated Suzuki and Kanemaru by disqualification here as uh, Kanemaru got the Satori uh, whiskey and was uh, putting it down Yano's throat. And the referee saw enough and uh, called DQ there. Then we had a uh, House of Torture, Dictogo, Togo, Evil Show and Yudro defeating the Chaos Team of Ishi and Yo, and they teamed up with Tenkoji. Then we had Bad Luck Fale, Chase, Elp, Kenta, and Taiji Ishimori defeating Robbie Eagles, Tiger Mask, Tanahashi, Okada, and Tomioka Hanma. Surprise! The, the Mega Aces are a team. They lose uh, once again. Uh, Tanahashi gets laid out there at the end by Kenta. Then we had the LIJ team of Sonata, Shingo, and Naito defeating the United Empire, of Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. And then the big main event this night, we had Bushi and Hiromu. They went to a 30-minute draw with Doki and El Desperado. Uh, Chris, you saw this match. Any thoughts up on that big main event there?
3: I was surprised to see it go to a draw. Um, But I think, obviously, the story that they're telling is Hiromu and Despy need a lot of time to to finish what they... What they have going on, so, um, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was a good draw. It was really fun. I do like them. They've done this a couple times this year where they go to the time limit limit draw, uh, in a tag match leading up to a big match. Um, which I actually think, you know, like the obvious choice was for either Despi or Hiromu to pin Bushi or Duki. I mean, like this is that's like the clear new japan booking but yeah um i i greatly enjoyed the the twist on that i guess um and it made for a really awesome junior tag main event which you don't really see all that often because all these guys are are juniors
2: yeah i mean you see bushi on one side you see doki on the side like oh you got two pin eaters here either team could win here and kind of one guy can build momentum Going into the junior title match at the Dome But yeah, like, continue that story that they told In Best Super Junior 28 when these guys faced off They had the uh, 30, 30 Minute draw there as well So once again, another draw So yeah, like you mentioned, Chris, come Wrestle Kingdom It's gonna see, like, these guys, Also, they're gonna get More than 30 and they're gonna need more than 30 To finish each other off And it's almost like they're telling a story of, like, Despy Has an hour, like, really, he's being elevated to Hiromu's level And it's, it's a, a lot Harder for Hiromu to beat Desperado I
1: did see this match. What do you think about it? (laughs) (laughs) I saw the main events of both nights. Um, Yeah, I thought that this was uh, really great. I mean, like you guys mentioned, the fact that they went to a draw already in the previous tournament and then kind of went to a draw here. And, you know, the inclusion of uh, Bushi and Doki sort of as like red herrings, you know? Um, And they played their role really well as, you know, also. So um, it just... I mean, I don't know. I haven't always been um, as high on the Hiromu-Desperado feud as everyone else is, but with this match and the previous outing, plus everything that was kind of said and done at the press conference, uh, this is maybe becoming one of my most anticipated matches, if not the most anticipated for Wrestle Kingdom. And we'll talk about in the review here in a moment. But yeah, a very good main event for the third
4: night. Yeah.
3: I mean, these guys are going to go out um i know we're not quite into the preview but like what these guys are showing is that they're going to go out and have a, a banger of a match um when they well, finally my, get get added in the dome
1: my concern was they wouldn't be able to because it's a junior match in the dome and it would be very good but not to that you know high standard they set and it's kind of starting to feel like they're gonna let them go out there and like do it do it you
3: know <laughs> yeah they are they're the semi-main <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. On, on one four which means i mean that's got to mean something i mean it's, yeah. it's booked over the tags over the never open weight championship over shibata so i mean that that's gonna be that's gonna be a big match and and obviously with these two guys like these are the faces of the division and they they have done a nice job letting desperado have his you know have his moments so this is this is a big match for both these guys if they can deliver like that's going to mean a lot i think for the future of both of these guys with the company
2: yeah i agree yeah you know hiromu has been on his whole goal to try and main event the dome and have the junior title match be the main event so one step closer here uh some main event slot and yeah if they deliver here we can potentially maybe who knows if all these multiple nights we could get one night with a, a junior main event
1: this could be their uh Sasha and uh, Bailey in, in New York, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> steal the show. You know,
3: I, I got a feeling the crowd's not going to be quite as hot.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, last row two show here, last New Japan show of 2021 opened up with a three way match ELP defeating Arisuke Taguchi and Tiger Mask. All this was set up the three way junior tag team title match. That is, uh, coming up, ELP was able to use the sudden death to get the win at the end. They uh, tried to pull his boot off and reveal that the there was something hitting in the boot, but he was able to escape. Uh, we did have a question here from the Dark Soldier, not really to this match, but to three ways in general. And he said, why are you guys against triple threat matches for singles titles? I personally feel using them sparingly like the Kenny, Kota, and Cody match could freshen things up and could make for a more exciting match and having the dragged out 30 plus minute match in a clap crowd?
1: Um, well, first, I will say, I feel like we've discussed this before in the past, when um, the same listener asked a question about triple threats <laughs> um, a while back. Uh, not that we don't appreciate the question, but, you know, it's just, uh, A, I'm not a big fan of triple threats in general there's a lot of there's too many like tropes that they rely on that drag down the quality of the match there there are some triple threats i like but there's way for every one triple threat i like there's probably like 20 triple threats i don't like and in new japan you know i'm not really a big fan of most uh non-traditional style matches for major titles uh like you said could sparingly could it make sense Sure. For instance, would I be okay if maybe not at Wrestle Kingdom, but if they had to settle the controversy of the three belts, decided to do Okada, Osprey, and and uh, Shingo? Yeah, I'd probably be fine with that. There's three titles. There's a storyline reason for it, and those guys could probably do it. But uh, you know, I don't want I don't want them once a year. I don't even want them like maybe once like every five years. I don't know. Like I'm am not a big fan of them. But you, Chris, I'm a traditionalist.
3: Yeah, I largely agree with Josh there. I I don't I don't know if I dis, like this match was fine. Um but it was a 9-minute opener on a um Road to Show, right? Like Yeah. So, but th- th- you know, the thing about it is like the story or the conflict is usually between two wrestlers, right? For major singles titles. And the more you bring in anything else on the outside, you know it's it's hard to it's hard to see a scenario where there's a three-way conflict that that all, all things are equal right so I don't know I, I think that's why I typically um, shy away from it or shy away from wanting to see that because it's it's so unclear it's there's usually one member of that, you know triple threat or three-way dance if you're an ecw fan um there's one person who's kind of just there and i think in new japan what we see more often is that person just gets the next shot right right um and and that's just it's so so much clearer so much cleaner and then when you're when you're thinking about units and factions and and groups too i mean you know, there's a lot of groups where a lot of guys where a couple of different members can compete for the top title. Uh, but, you know, the intergroup conflict is is part of it. So you would need you, you got to spread it out. It gets it just gets overcomplicated. And, and when it comes to the in ring, you know, Josh kind of alluded to it, too. Like there's a lot of tropes, right? Like someone's going to hit their finisher and the other guy's going to come break up the pin, right? Like, we know that. And like, can it be done well? Absolutely. Like there's really good triple threat, three-way dance matches. Um, some of the wrestlers in new Japan could certainly put together great stuff. And I think they do sometimes when they do say the junior tag three ways and, and things like that, like it's a little less tropey than we're used to, but yeah, I, I think just the clear one-on-one or or group on group is, is so much better. Like it just makes more sense.
1: One other thing, too, is how many times has someone ever been made when they won a triple threat and didn't pin the champion? You know, very often when the champion is defending, they'll have someone that the other guy lose so that the champion can avoid taking the pinfall. But then it devalues everybody. You know, the champion still has a story, but the guy that won the title, he didn't really beat the real champion. It, it's just very murky, you know?
2: Yeah, that, that's um, what I was going to say. That It's kind of used as a, a booking crutch for bookers who don't want to beat a champion or they don't want to beat a contender. It's like, well, yes, yeah, let's just throw a three-way I'll throw a pin eater in there, and then that guy can eat the pin. Or we don't want to pin the champion, so we'll have the contender pin the pin eater, and then we'll set up a rematch with the new champion, the ex champion, and kind of make a bigger deal out of it. So, I mean, like you said, it can be done right. I'll see you look back at stuff like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, um, and TNA for the X Division title. And that was an incredible match up there. So, it, it can be done well with the right story, with the right guys. But I don't think it's something that you should have to go to every time.
1: That's the thing. That match was built with the right guys, the right story. It called for that match. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. the only one the only one I can think of that didn't call for it and still ended up being great was like Benoit, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And that was only because they didn't think they could headline with Benoit. And they needed Shawn's st- star power. <laughs> right. You know, that's kind of why he was there. Otherwise, like I don't know. It's it's not I don't know. They
3: suck. <laughs> but one one of the great things about New Japan is that anybody can lose at any time. Right. And, you know, and and yeah, of course there's guys that lose less, like they're they're better, right? But anybody can can take a pin, take a finisher, lose actually lose a match. And I think that that's what's that's what's so appealing about New Japan is that like some of these guys that you don't expect would ever lose lose sometimes or take the fall in a tag match for that matter. Like these guys aren't like protected like that and that's what that's what appeals to so many people. I think is that like there is actually some suspense.
1: Okada's the top star in the company, and not only has he lost multiple times this year, but he's lost twice in major singles matches to the man that he's challenging for the title in the Tokyo Dome this year. You <laughs> know, in this in this calendar year specifically. So I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right, Chris.
2: Right, which is all part of the story of their match. It kind of helps elevate it and makes it a personal issue. It's like, all right, can. Okada actually beat Shingo, or does Shingo just have Okada's number and will beat him a third time in a row?
1: He's gonna beat that ass.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, finish off this road to show here. So we also had uh, United Empire's Aaron Hanara, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb defeating Tenkoji and Yuji Nagata. Then we had Bad Luck Fale, Chase, and Kenta defeating Great Bash heel and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Then we had the KOPW End of Year Parties rule match with Toriano defending against Yoshinobu Kanamaru. Um, the rules for this matchup: they had to take a shot of Satori whiskey every two minutes. And this was actually the first time that a Yano stipulation did not win. Yano wanted them to drink sake. Uh, obviously Kanamaru, the master of the Tori surprise, Tori whiskey wanted that. So they had to drink the whiskey. Every two minutes, uh, then there was a 20 count. If they couldn't enter the 20 count, um, they would lose the matchup. And then so every two minutes, they'd go out, take a shot, go back uh, into the ring and wrestle until we got to the finish here with uh, Yano uh, pinning uh, uh Chris, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
3: You know, I'm not sure what I expected when KOPW was announced long ago, <laughs> a year and a half ago or so. It sure as hell wasn't this, though. Um, but this was fun. I mean, like, really fun and weird and totally out there. And, you know, the the creativity of the stipulation, um, I appreciate it. And, you know, this is obviously not going to make my match of the year list, but I I greatly enjoyed it. I know a lot of people did. Um, but, yeah, I like I do like the occasional super out there stipulation, and this uh, this sure was that.
2: Yeah, this was definitely your kind of funny ha-ha moment, and it was fun. You know, they, they already have established KLPW as this kind of comedic relief, kind of comedy gimmick that they're going to throw in the middle of the card. And also, you had the two perfect guys for this match, in Yano and Kanemaru. Uh, I mean, there was a fun little story there of, you know, Yano, he, he was having a hard time handling the whiskey towards the end there, and uh, Konamaru was trying to get the, the sneak count-out win towards the end there. Uh, but in the end, you know, Yanos took it from him. And, yeah, it was a fun match. Honestly, honestly the best part for me was just uh, Kevin Kelly's uh, call on this match. He was just, like, dying laughing the whole match. And this was just losing it. Uh, so, yeah, it was a fun little ha-ha in the middle of the card here. Uh, Josh, you didn't see this match, did you?
1: Nah, I ain't got time for you know KOPW. <laughs> <Let's move on>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I
2: might
1: I go back. I might go back and watch it. Nine minutes. It's not so bad.
3: You got nine minutes. We're not talking thirty here. Yeah,
1: I got nine minutes, <laughs> so it's fine. So. You
3: know? So if Guys, that... I,
1: I watched the entire press conference. I thought I was focusing on the right stuff. But... <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> well, uh, with, with this Yano win, Yano is now the official, you know, KOPW champion for 2021. And then, do you, know, do you think
1: that they're going to rethink this whole thing? Because def- once you think about it, in theory, it sounded okay. But think about it. The only real champion is the guy that wins it at the last day of the year, but then immediately on the next show, there's no champion. So there's like no glory attached to it. Like they should just change it to like the provisional champion is the defending champion, just like regular belts.
3: But this way, Yano gets trophies every year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you can still have a physical trophy, like you know.
3: for any time you hold it. Yeah. But now he's got multiple trophies.
2: That's fine. The, I, I'm he, sure they've. He's got... like he's like Owen Hart now. He's got uh, you know. <laughs> I've
3: already, got two slammies.
2: Yeah. I've
1: already mentioned that. Like I'm pretty sure they got a box of those fucking KOPW trophies. Like <laughs> back there, so they got cheap,
3: a sweet like... deal on those trophies. I mean, that so is many it's, of the, them. it's the cutest trophy in pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I uh, will <laughs> watch it. It's fine. <laughs>
2: Uh, so moving on here, we had Chaos team of Goto, Ishi and Yoshihashi. Uh, they defeated the House of Torture team of Dick Togo, Evil, Show and Ujirou. But even though the faces won here, House of Torture left Chaos laying. Then we had Zugi-Gun in semi-main event here. Despy, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. They defeated the LIJ team of Hiromu, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, Sabre catching a uh, pinfall on Sonata here to get the win for their team. And then the main event here, we had Kazuchika Okada and Robbie Eagles. They defeated the LIJ team of Bushi and Shingo Takagi. Uh, Okada hitting a big rainmaker on Bushi to get the win for the team. Post-match, they had a little back-and-forth promo that was interrupted by Will Ospreay, who's uh, finishing up his quarantine, sent in a video message. And uh, pretty much just laying his claim to to being the real world champion And walking away uh, January 5th As the undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Then uh, after that, Shingo cut a promo And we got the return of the year-end tradition The snowfall in Corkin Hall And Shingo standing tall as the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion With the snow falling
1: Yeah, yeah incredible to see them return to uh i talked about last week how much i wanted to see that snowfall and uh they definitely did that and we also got the traditional ace you know um promo as he you know talked us out of the building and into the new year and everything like that so i was really happy with that and you know i don't know every time i see that snowfall it just like gives me like good feelings like you know it's christmas eve right on the eve of like Wrestle Kingdom. And, and um, I thought the match was good. I thought it was probably maybe just as good as that night one tag that, you know, involved Hiromu instead of Bushi.
2: Yeah. It was a fun, fun match up here.
3: Yeah. Loved it. I love that Shingo got the snow too. They didn't just, uh, they, they let Shingo have him have a moment there after he uh, was even on the losing team. So um, yeah. Love the return of the snow loved this Loved this match actually this this last show the 24th was was really really good um definitely worth checking out if uh if you've got new japan world fired up um i think the first and the last show from this stretch were were both like super worthy of your time um and helped build up pretty much everything that's going to happen at at wrestle kingdom yeah and
1: i would
2: Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I, was gonna
1: say, I would agree. The one thing I would point out, though, that main event on the third night yeah. is probably the best match of the tour and probably early contender for like tag team match of the year already.
2: Yeah. And uh, Kevin Kelly has the English call for all four shows up there. So also he has a ton of great contacts and catches you up on all the stories that they're uh, telling here going into Wrestle Kingdom. So with the Road to Tokyo Dome out of the way, we're going to talk about all three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Give our predictions. I, did, I do want to
1: say one quick thing before we move on. So I know I didn't watch all the shows, but one thing I noticed uh, about the shows is just uh, this was almost kind of like preseason football, you know, in a certain sense, like it didn't necessarily matter everything that they were doing. And it wasn't necessarily like, you know, show of the year candidates and filled with like, you know, matches that are going to blow you away. But everybody was working harder than they normally do on a Road to show. And I would say compared to, like, last year's Road to Tokyo Domes, these were much better. Um, And they were doing a really good job telling the stories that were leading to Wrestle Kingdom. And we kind of complained about how, like, there seemed to be this lackadaisical, you know, like, move into Wrestle Kingdom season coming out of Super Junior's World Tag League. And this kind of rectified that for me a little bit. You know, watching these shows, they were just very entertaining, very easy watches. It kind of gave, gave me a feel of like peak 2017, like road to shows where everything was just, you know, on point and kind of like pushing to, you know, the big show that's coming up and kind of got you like hyped and anticipated for it. And I feel like it's been a while since New Japan maybe felt like that. Maybe like not since like New Beginning Tour of this past year. It hasn't really felt that way. And uh, so that was kind of nice, just, like, having shows that were easy watches, but that also kind of, like, built to the, you know, the anticipation for what's coming with Wrestle Kingdom.
3: It helps that there's very few people, like, coming in for just the big show, right? Like, most most of the Wrestle Kingdom card is already available and in Japan. Um, and that... That way we got a bunch of different interactions on all four of these nights that, you know, e- each night had a few interactions that were building towards Wrestle Kingdom, um, but it wasn't all the same. Like, right. not every night was Kenta and Tanahashi as, like, the primary story. Not every night was Okada and shingo as the the primary story like walking out of it so it was nice to see some some variety in that way because you've got really two major cards coming up um and which should give you plenty of stuff to work with and and add some variety so like i I think you're right like these were you know peak style road two shows where it was. It's, it's. kind of back to that clear storytelling, right? Like,
4: right.
1: Well, I think. I think the reason that they haven't been doing it is because of COVID and the uncertainty of who's going to be available for what shows. And we saw how they tried to do this in the summer, and then Grand Slam got fucked, and then the Tokyo, no- like all those Grand Slam shows, kind of got screwed up and had to get switched around a lot. They got plagued by that all year, and I feel. I feel like they were non-committal to the big shows with the road twos because they didn't know if. The stories they were telling were going to get paid off or not and they kind of had to you know kind of back away from this but in this instance with just four shows a week before you know tokyo dome which is set you know it was kind of nice to see them do this again
3: well and all the major shows had like five or six matches before right right Right? so like Mm -hmm. you weren't working with a lot of stories you were working with that's true too. kind of half the number of stories that you have right now, as you head into two nights of, of Wrestle Kingdom, both with, Cause they with had half the roster. Yeah. Well, yeah. And <laughs> now they have maybe two thirds of the roster, right. With a couple guys coming in and, and, um, you know, they're using, they're using Honma and Makabe and all these guys again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but I, you know, I think these were, these were really good shows and there's just so much more to work with when you have 10 or 12 matches to build and you're building all of the titles. There's not a title stuck in America anymore. Um, Right. You know, so like everything's, everything's right here, right in front of us. And, you know, I mean, this is probably, you know, the, the, the product of a lot of learning um, over the past two years or so where now they they may finally have figured out, I guess, how to go forward for a little bit until they can have people come in from uh, out of the country.
2: Right. It just felt like every match here on these road twos had a purpose. I felt in, you know, sometimes uh, other parts of the year, some road twos, we got some matches that kind of like, all right, you're just kind of throwing random people in there just because you need to fill out a card. And we really didn't get that here Even at some of the openers of like Chase and Folly, like You know those guys are going to probably be a part of the Rambo And kind of, or maybe part of like Yeah, end up in like KLPW Like they always kind of do And so even those guys are getting built up You have all, everybody getting built up And building heat and excitement For a lot of the stories that they are tell Telling and developing here So yeah, really fun set of four shows here And it's kind of great to see New Japan Kind of get back to that kind of old school Road to booking, getting us hyped for the big shows uh, so with that, we're going to take a look now at all three cards for Wrestle Kingdom 16, give our preview and predictions here. Uh, we have a question here from Rambo and Slam Pig asking, how many tile changes do you guys predict out of the eight title matches across two nights? And do you think a big shakeup is coming or just a few changes? What is a normal number of tile changes anyway?
3: So there have been Wrestle Kingdoms where almost every title changes hands and you know with back to the single night Wrestle Kingdoms uh, pretty much every title in New Japan plus maybe a Rev Pro um, or a Ring of Honor title were being defended so there have been Wrestle Kingdoms with six seven maybe eight title changes so there have been years where everything blows up and everything kind of starts fresh and every title cha- almost every title changes hands um, I'm not at, I'm not personally anticipating that this year I I think that um all of the titles could potentially change hands though. And I think that that's part of the appeal to this year's Wrestle Kingdom, right? So, I mean, I know uh who I'm rooting for in the never openweight match and then the tag titles are always at stake to change at Wrestle Kingdom. Junior heavyweight title, of course, you've got, you know, two of the big big players in that division and then you've got the world heavyweight title picture um junior tags can always change hands you know never open weight six man those can always change hands right so like there's a lot that the u.s title picture is solid in the way that you know tanahashi coming in as the underdog against the champion which you know always potentially could work in his favor so (laughs) it, it could be i mean it could be one of those years where they all change hands um, I think it's a little less telegraphed than maybe last year when you kind of knew who was headed back to the states. Um, yeah. the states or wherever wherever they're from, Canada. Um, in the case of someone like ELP, but like um it was pretty clear who a couple of those title matches, how how they were gonna go. So this year is a little different because I I at least know that most of this group that's on Russell Kingdom is gonna be on um their I guess it's the New Beginning tour, though I don't think it's called the New Beginning tour this year. They're done. no,
1: they're doing the Golden Series, yeah. right? And the Golden Series is replacing Fantastic Mania, from what I understand. So they might still do New Beginning after in,
4: that
3: in February, then. Yeah, yeah, May- and,
1: or maybe not. I don't know.
3: Right, and then March is New Japan Cup. So, I you know that's a long way of saying I don't think it's going to be one of those years where everything changes hands. That's just not my vibe on it. A lot of these titles have changed hands recently. Um, so I think these might be the beginnings of good reigns, but I could be uh, totally wrong too.
2: <laughs> well, as they're going uh, into the, the 50th year and 50th year that celebration, we know they're doing a lot of special shows, and a lot of big matchups. So I feel like they're going to try and set up whoever the champions are going to be for guys who can, who can draw and have great matches. Cause they're going to be doing a lot of extra shows, a lot of special shows. And so you're going to need some guys in there who can draw and, re- and really help kind of, you know, propel his 50th year celebration.
1: Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Um, And you made some great points. I think it's totally likely that all the titles could change hands. Say what you will about, you know, the freshness of these two shows. They've done a great job putting believable individuals in these roles to where no matter who wins, they've got viable candidates to carry those titles. So um, I'm going to set the over under at like four. I think that that's fair, like half, you know, um, and that's kind of what I'm i am going to guess. I'm going to, I don't know what the betting term is, but I'm going to just say it's going to be four. I think four of the titles will change and four of them will get retained. And I think that's a safe bet probably.
2: <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought about my number yet. As we go through the predictions, I guess I'll figure out what, my, what I'm thinking for uh, tile changes here.
1: Oh, I'm I'm on the fly with this entire prediction shit, like for the whole because I I've been thinking about it, but I don't know. So I mean it's gonna be all real time for me.
2: Well, let's start with night one, January fourth. Uh pre-show, we'll have the New Japan Rambo match. The final four competitors will enter in the fatal four-way, the second night for the first ever provisional KLPW twenty twenty-two. Uh, champion, so any thoughts on who the final four could be here?
3: Um, Chase think, Owens, Bad Luck okay. Fale, Toriano, okay. and was it bushy last year? Yeah.
2: Those were all
1: the guys that were in it last year. You're just going <laughs> to <laughs> I
3: Yeah, I mean, I, they could do anything they want with this, but I, I do think that's a spot for Chase Owens on night two, and I think Fale is... You know, he's the big guy in a in a battle royal and you know Yano's gonna get involved. Um so yeah, I mean I think those are the the most likely candidates. But I think it'd be more fun if they did something random, or if they knocked out Yano. I think that's more
4: really
3: mm. fun. That, uh, that
1: that you're taking my thunder. That's exactly what I was like. Wouldn't it be amazing if like Yano just wasn't factored in at all was knocked out yeah. like and he's probably gonna be the last guy to come in because I think that's how they usually do it. The champion comes in last and gets that champion's advantage. I would love if he like walks in, he's doing his shit, and someone just fucking clotheslines him over the top, <laughs> like he's like Bushwhacker Luke, and like it's just a shock. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs>
2: uh, that that would make things interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go with the safe bet. I think Yana will be there, and as well as Chase and Fale. but for me, my fourth guy, I'm going with Kanamaru. I think they'll continue to run off that uh, year-end party. Uh, heat there between Yano and Kanemaru so then that will take
1: I I, I don't know all I know is he he said Bushi I've I've stopped putting it after that one year when I said Bushi was going to win the Rambo and he didn't uh, I'm never going to put any faith in Bushi as (laughs) a Rambo ever again he betrayed my trust so other than that I mean it could be anybody it probably will be I mean Yano's probably going to be one of those four guys regardless so that's all I know
4: yeah
3: I feel like it needs this four way is going to need more house of torture though Mm. <laughs> so maybe dick togo
2: i mean that that's that's an option yeah
3: <laughs> wait he's busy the second night i uh, have no intention of you, th- you think togo's going double duty <laughs>
2: <laughs> why not get <gasps> double payday you know get the match gets uh get to be a second helps the uh house of torture retain the six-man titles what a life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I used to really... I will tell you this, though. I have so much less investment in the uh, Rambo with actual stakes t- like, tied to it, like KOPW. I loved it when it was just this weird niche thing with all these old-timers and washed-up dudes and cheeseburger and shit like that. Like, I don't <laughs>
2: Delirious. know.
1: Delirious. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Elgin, you know?
4: Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, my so dog,
1: my dog my dog Elgin.
2: Mm, yeah, you your dog. <laughs> uh but let, let's move on here. So first match on the main card here, big grudge match. Yo versus show. What do you guys uh thinking about this? How you're feeling about the build here and your, your thoughts uh, and predictions for what's gonna happen here.
1: I feel that there hasn't been enough of a great build and it's not that in a vacuum things haven't happened that have progressed their story i think it's the fact that because they're juniors and because this company typically doesn't tend to spend a lot of time putting spotlight on junior feuds that are either non junior title or junior heavyweight but they've kind of had to sort of do a slow build over many tours i mean you know, when Sho and Yo broke up, that was like all the way back during the Junior Tag League. And then we got the one singles match, you know, uh, on one of those Grand Slam shows. I mean, that was in the summer. That was a long time ago. And then the follow-up wasn't until Best of Super Juniors. And their stories were kind of concurrent with one another. But it wasn't like – it didn't feel like there was this beef that was mounting. And then suddenly it's kind of all come back. Like they've, they've done run-ins and returns and stuff. And they I think they've tried to keep it hot. But – I think that this feud has been underserved because the company doesn't tend to put a lot of shine on the juniors. So um, that being said, there has been, there's a lot of history there. Obviously there's a lot of chemistry between these two guys. And at the same time, they've had two matches that I think have underserved both of them and under delivered. And this is kind of the trilogy and it's on the big stage and it's an opener for wrestle kingdom they're putting a lot of faith and stock and opportunity in their hands. And regardless of who wins, they need to go out there and have a blowaway match. match. Um, I think with show being in the infancy of his like heel reign, And then yo still kind of just, you know, coming back from that injury and being this new singles, you know, chaos junior guy, like they kind of need to have a really good match to sort of, set themselves up to be like that next generation of junior stars. And uh, they kind of took the first steps during the super juniors, but they need to solidify it here on the big show and with the most amount of eyes watching, you know? And if they don't, I'm not saying they're done, but that's not a good sign. If they don't, this is their, you know, this is their shot. They really need to like hammer it home. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it.
3: Yeah. I think the build to this match has been kind of, um, Muted by House of Torture, right? Because the you know the whole turn happened with Show joining House of Torture, going that way, and that's what's getting all the attention, I think. And, and the attention's not necessarily on these two guys that used to be a tag team like forever, and they're you know they've got this beef now. Like the attention is on how Show is is going about its business. And I think that's unfortunate for the build because I do think it does kind of, it kind of buries Yo. It leaves him kind of in the dust and it, he's very much like the third character in his own story. Whereas Sho, you know, Sho is the first and the second. So him as an individual and then House of Torture is kind of the second character. And then you you throw in Yo, right, as this guy that's trying to foil it. So... You know, am I super invested in this match? Um, no, not particularly because I, you know, you kind of know where it's going to go. And you kind of know at least the the main beats of what, what they're going to hit. So can they have a really good match that comes to a halt with some House of Torture stuff? Probably. And that that may be what they do. But I do, you know, I, I do think that the show turn has actually done a huge disservice to Yo.
2: Yeah, I, I think that they, they really hurt Yo in this feud. I think first of all, you know, this is a very well it should be a very personal blood feud, heated feud here. You know, guys, these guys have been teaming for a long time. They came to the dojo together. Uh, you know, kind of this brotherhood that they had, and show turning on Yo. I would like to see Yo be more aggressive. Like, I feel like whenever they, I mean, yes, they have like the running angles, but I don't feel that like aggressiveness from Yo. Like, man, my best friend just turned on me. Like. Anytime that wrestle, like, Yo, still trying to go out there and, like, wrestle him and do his wacky roll ups. He's not coming out there, like, tackling him, punching him, like, trying to come for this for Shell's throat. I don't see that. You, you don't really believe that there, there's that, that hatred there. And then you look at his best of super juniors. I feel like he was kind of a, they really set him to be kind of a lame duck going into that, like, with losing the beginning of the, in his first few matches there. You're like, you already thought, like, well, it's Yo. Like, is he really going to win this tournament anyway? And then they didn't really help him with the booking. He's losing and he comes back. But there was just really no interest or momentum really going for him in that tournament. And then he finally gets to the finals and his finals is overshadowed. Like you mentioned, Chris, House of Torture. Like when you think about what's happening with Yo, it's you just think of House of Torture in general. And that overshadowed his finals, which was on pace to be a great finals if they didn't have that uh, interruption. Still a great matchup. But I feel like without the interruption, like that could have been a really big moment for Yo and to elevate Yo hanging in there for romu on a big stage like that
1: i will say this um during the press conference show was very impressive with the promo that he cut it was one of the actually more entertaining segments of the entire press conference and show was like you know after the way yo's been speaking about me in public using harsh language and some of the post-match attacks he's put on me i i've found that this guy's nothing more than just a hoodlum at this point and uh <laughs> Chaos. These. This is a gang of thugs, and thank God I was saved from them. I'm no longer associated <laughs> with these rule breakers. He's like, and who knows? He might bring cronies to the to the ring with him to try to interfere with our match. And he's like, I solemnly swear that I will no long that I will not uh, do anything but have a straight, clean, fair match. So like, it, it, which means he's definitely going to cheat, uh, right. obviously. But it was really funny when he's like, thank God. I've been saved from those those thugs and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, I think Show should win because <laughs> I just I don't see the upside in Yo. Even after even after the really great Super Juniors match, I know I buried him a bit, but like I just I, I think Yo is great, but I think Sho's just greater. He, if I was putting stock in someone, that's the guy I'd invest in long term, especially. With House of Torture being this thing you want to kind of push, I'd maybe push him. But who knows? It, I mean, either either guy can win. It doesn't matter. I think the, the main thing is they need to have a, a really great match.
3: We everyone is acutely aware of how you feel about yo. <laughs>
1: I was, I was, I took it back a little bit last week. I <laughs> I, I, I reined it in.
3: We'll see what Karen thinks about <laughs> you reining it in. <laughs> So who, who are you going with Samsa? I think show's gotta win. I think we're gonna see some house of torture victories um over the course of these two nights. So I think show sets that up um sets them up to have a successful. So the opposite of the United Empire's weekend last year. That's what I
1: was going to say. United Empire lost all their matches last year.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sho also with
2: the push of how to torture and the fact that he's still you know, one-third in there's six-man champions It makes a lot of sense for show to get the win here. Plus, he has uh, one of the only singles matches on night three in the New Japan uh, versus Noah show as well. So, yeah, I think he's mm. going to get the win here. But the one thing I'm worried about with this whole match, like you guys mentioned, you know, it needs to be a great match. You know, it's the first match on the main card. Usually the first match of the main card kind of sets the pace and the tone for the night. Normally we have these high-flying multi-man junior matches. You know, these show and yo have been in several of those, you know, against Young Bucks and, um, you know, Desperado and Kanemaru, or you have Rapungi Vice and the Young Bucks and all those guys. And so normally we get a nice, fast-paced, high-action, you know, match to of kick off, Kingdom gets a, a good pace, And I'm worried that opening up with show and yo, it's not going to, you know, get us on the pace that we need for a great night.
1: Well, regardless, we all got it for one for the Bullet Club.
2: (laughs) for life. life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Kenny's proud right now.
2: (laughs) Sure he
1: is. was looking on and he's like. Damn, I'm so happy show is uh, going to get a win for, for the BC, the OGs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Bull Club, let's move on to our next matchup here. We have a preview six man match here. The Bull Club unit of El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori and Kenta will be taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi and our good friend, Rocky Romero and Rugitsuke Taguchi, the mega coaches.
1: It's a preview match, you know? We got Kenta and Tanahashi the next night. We got the mega coaches. Uh, no, it's not the mega coaches. We got <laughs> Rocky Mirror. Oh, yeah, it is. My bad. We got the mega coaches against, uh, you know, Bull Club's Q's tag team the next night. So, I mean, this is essentially, you know, another like road to preview match, which, you know, should be good. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it matters who wins. I would probably say Bull Club. Two in a row, maybe. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't know, I you know, I don't know how to predict something like that, but I think that uh, you know, ten minutes of story advancement that serves two matches on the next night, I think that's great. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know what I'll be keeping an eye on is is you know probably Kenta and Tanahashi's interactions more than anything because I think that that's the the most interesting story there. But um, yeah, I'm sure this will be good. It's a good group of wrestlers.
1: Well, I think the interesting thing is oftentimes when it comes to Road Two Shows, previews usually have a, an obvious pin eater. And in this case, because there are title implications for all three men or all six men the next night, and there's no obvious pin eater, that's the one caveat that makes it a little bit more interesting than your run-of-the-mill preview match. And I'm wondering, like, you know, if the faces come out on top, are they – is that, like, overcompensating for the fact they're going to lose the next night? That's kind of why I'm thinking, like, if Bullet Club wins, it leaves the door open for, you know, for maybe one or both of these faces to uh, to pick up wins the next night, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, Rocky, he's been absent from the the build all season. Quarantine It's his first show since being in Japan and to build up this junior tag title, the uh, three-way is coming up, so... I'm gonna go with uh, Rocky pulling an upset on ELP to get the win for their team.
1: Oh, see, I'm going the opposite way. I think Rocky's gonna be the pin eater mm. be- and make it so he has something to prove the mm. next night. He has to overcome the loss. That's what that that's where I'm going with it. So yeah. I feel I feel confident. Even though I didn't put any thought into it until we got on the air, I feel <laughs> confident that this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, let's move on to the next uh, preview match here. We have the LIJ team of Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito taking on the United Empire, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay. And with Bushi being in this match, he's probably not going to <laughs> be in the Rambo. So I, I don't think he's going to be in that, in in that four way.
1: He might pull double duty, and that might be his excuse for why he's the pin eater in this match, you know?
2: Hmm. <laughs>
3: Could be. He clearly needs that excuse. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But I mean, Okan Cobb, Will Osprey—they all got shit to do the next night, so it's not a nighto. Bushi's Bushy's losing here. This is your run-of-the-mill
2: preview tag. Well, uh, first uh, time getting Osprey back in Japan uh, since he left, and uh, getting him in the mix here and to build for his world title match. Obviously, the focus here. Is on Sonata and Gray O'Connor and Jeff Cobb and Naito, but still, be interesting to see Osprey there. And I definitely think there's could be some you know little little seeds planted for a potential Osprey and Naito feud down the line.
1: Don't sleep on Bushi Osprey. Okay, I'm pretty sure Bushi <laughs> beat Osprey in the Super Juniors a couple of years ago.
3: I feel like they've had really good matches.
1: Everyone's had great matches with Osprey. It's Osprey. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they did. They did. Bushy has
3: practice. his moments.
1: <laughs> no, they did. And yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm not being facetious. I'm pretty sure Bushy beat Will Osprey in an upset in the Super Juniors like three or four years ago. So, you know, Bushy might pull one out. MX off the top rope. Fuck you, Ah. Fuck you, Will. And uh, you know, we ball.
3: Yeah, Will's eat, definitely eating a pin to Bushi the night before he challenges in the main event at the Tokyo Dome. That's He's not challenging. Yeah. He's defending the real world <laughs> championship. And then, oh, and then we could add Bushi sorry. into
2: the main event make it a three-way.
1: Yeah, let's add, let's, yeah. Let's add Bushi in.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Actually, the reason Will Ospreay hasn't been announced for the third night is because they're going to shoehorn him and Bushi in for the titles. Mm. On the, uh, yeah.
2: Well, I think we were, in, in all seriousness, we're all in agreement here that uh is probably eating a, a tour of the islands or a hidden blade here.
1: And you know what that means? The Empire is going to finally be in the wind column when it comes to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, so good sure. on them. Hey, how about Hanari? He's not even on here. I bet you he could be a K- KOPW.
2: Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Well, let's move on here. We have the return.
1: I, I hope he has an MMA fight with Yano and just fucks him up. <laughs>
2: Mu- Muay Thai uh, kickboxing match,
1: <laughs> like a Muay Thai jungle fight, I'm, like kickboxer. And they have to like put their like gloves and glass, like a Taipei death fight. You know. Mm. <laughs> I, I want to get this ghoulism going into New Japan. You know,
2: Dan Coffin. GCW influence. <laughs> well, let's talk about the uh, return here to Wrestle Kingdom for Katsuya Shibata was still a unknown opponent This week we learned uh, about the rules For this matchup during the Wrestle Kingdom Press conference And uh, Shibata spoke about the rules And he said I, I wanted to give this a different name To the grappling exhibition match I had With Zack Sabre Jr. And set it apart as something else Grappling rules is a concept that is already common in MMA Where strikes are banned Catch wrestling rules is something that I think Could be specific to pro wrestling And that's why the name change is there To explain those differences of grappling roots more specifically, I think it allows for moves, using the ropes, or more pro wrestling-styled three-dimensional, if you will, expression than a grappling match. Victory to a pro wrestler comes down to skill and technique in the environment, and it strips pro wrestling right down to its essentials. To go to the roots of wrestling a bit, pro wrestling sprung out of what we call the Lancaster style in England, and that's something we mustn't lose sight of. I want a fusion in NJPW that brings the base fundamentals to the full It's something that's just the beginning. And I think these rules, match times, and things of that nature can change as the concept evolves. That is it. So we are getting a catch wrestling rules match for Shibata and his mystery opponent. Seen a lot of discourse on this announcement. Some people think it's a scam. Uh, that... They, they should have been more, you know, outright with what this was going to be. What are your guys' thoughts on Shibata's catch wrestling match here?
3: Well, when he came out uh, to announce, I guess, his return, he said he has a match on January 4th, and he has a match on January 4th. So I think that's awesome still. Um, it's, a uh, of course, like a touch disappointing that we're not jumping right into Shibata. Like hundred percent just back, right? Um, but I also think there's a really good chance that somebody kicks him in the head and that's the first big Shahabata feud after after this match or during this match or you know whatever. So I think it's a it's a little bit of a slow burn, but I think we're gonna get there. so um, that's
1: interesting. So you think that you know because some people are assuming this means he wasn't actually cleared, he's not cleared and you're thinking that they're going to play off on those fears by continuing to do exhibition style wrestling matches, but then someone crosses the line. Yeah. And, okay. That's, I think that, that's I, an interesting way to look at it.
3: That may be now, right? It depends on what they want to do or who's, who's around or who's, who's there. But um, yeah, I think that that's the event- I think that's the end game. Maybe it, maybe it's not at Wrestle kingdom to get that huge heat or whatever, but um I do think that that's going to be the trigger point where you can see him in a, a regular match.
1: It's not like this company's ever done anything to get, you know, massive heat at Wrestle Kingdom before.
3: <laughs> they would never. <laughs>
1: they would never do that.
3: No, Kenta's never done that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I there's a few things I think about it. Um well, my first question before I give my thoughts Did they specifically say that this was going to ever be a real full rules wrestling match? Was that ever like said or was it just strongly implied? I mean, it seemed like I listened to Kevin Kelly on the call and he seemed to have thought that that was the case.
2: Right, I don't think it was ever advertiser said that, but after the Sabre Shibata match, Shibata was like, the next time you see me, it'll be, you know, in my gear in a match and then right. he comes out and he's like, I'm going to have a match January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think the assumption was, oh, like, right." the last match was an exhibition. He wasn't in his gear. He said right, he's going right. to be in his gear. It's going to be an actual match. And so I think that's where a lot of the discourse comes from here.
1: Sure. And I mean, I wouldn't be so obtuse as to be like, well, they never promised it, you know, because I... I've seen other fan bases do stuff in defense like that. And, you know, I can see how someone would be upset if they were expecting, based on the way it was handled and treated, that it seemed like Shibata was coming back for his re-debut into full combat with strikes and everything. You know, the, the regular rules of pro wrestling as we're accustomed to. That being said, as a diehard Shibata fan, I'm just happy to see him compete in any form. Period. We were asked this question when he, right after the G1, how you and I, Jeremy, would feel about if he were just to only be utilized in this kind of capacity. And we both said that would make sense, especially if he is not cleared to take contact strikes to the head, you know. And I do, in a certain sense, I still think that he probably isn't cleared, Uh, maybe he is. Maybe they're holding it tight to the, you know, close to the chest or whatever that saying is. But uh, there was an interview recently uh, and I saw the transcript of it and they asked him if he was cleared. And he said, Only I really know what the deal is with me and the doctors and what I can and can't do. And maybe that could play into what Chris said, where he is cleared and they're going to u- utilize that for storyline purposes. And I mean, that's possible. But I've always been adamant since this show started that this guy probably had his, you know, skull sawed off and had to be surgically repaired and replaced because of a subdural hematoma. And I mean, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing you come back to wrestling from, you know, it just doesn't. And uh, I, I don't think he ever probably will do full wrestling. And I mean, as sad as that makes me, I do think that that's the reality of the situation. I think the fact that he's able to walk, and compete and do the things he's doing that's amazing you know and uh i have seen people say like oh the company scammed us and maybe maybe they weren't as forthcoming but who knows maybe they were waiting on a clearance maybe they're trying to work things out behind the scenes that we don't know about and i'm not saying that i know that that's the case but that is a possibility that they're trying to work out all the the details you know the other thing too is it could be something like what chris said you know there could be a swerve coming that we don't know about My whole thing is I don't really care. The fact that Katsura Shibata is going to walk into the Tokyo Dome wearing trunks with, you know, with all those adoring fans, you know, whatever the attendance actually ends up being and is going to compete in a real match. Now, it's not an exhibition. It is catch style wrestling, but it's not an exhibition. It's a real wrestling match. A lot of people probably don't know this, but in the origins of pro wrestling, you couldn't hit people. Okay. You couldn't throw even – not just punches you couldn't chop you couldn't headbutt you couldn't clothesline you couldn't throw european uppercuts if you go back to the like the early days and i know we're in a different era but i mean there was a time in the 20s and the early part of the 30s and prior to that pro wrestling was wrestling it was literally wrestling and i do think that there is room for something like an attraction like that or a division like that like what he's discussing that could actually be a viable addition to what new japan proclaims themselves to be the king of sports we've seen roh kind of uh experiment with like the pure division and that sort of thing who's to say that a pure wrestling rules division that is just simply catch wrestling couldn't do well you know i mean for my money most shows i watch when we have young lines, yes they strike but most of what they do is fundamentals and it's vastly better than most of what's on those road to shows that we end up watching anyways. I think that there is room for what he's doing, whether it just becomes the Shibata sideshow deal or whether it could branch off and be this other division. That's not like KOPW. That's not full of Satori. That's not full of bull ropes and what, you know, you can't use your finisher and shit like that, but like something that's actually like pure wrestling in a, in a company that's supposed to be sports centric It makes sense to me. So I'm all for it. You know, Uh, I guess it depends on who he ends up wrestling. We don't know who that is that night, but, uh, considering how great of a wrestler Shibata is, a guy named the wrestler is going to go out there and be in a wrestling match. I don't know. People who complain about this, it makes me wonder, like, I don't know. Are you a Shibata fan? Maybe not. Are you a wrestling fan? Maybe you think you are, but you might just be a fan of like hard hits, and flips. And those are cool, fun, and exciting parts of wrestling. But wrestling is still wrestling, and a lot of people, like, don't get wrestling. Even though they think they do, I don't think they actually do because wrestling is pro-wrestling. Yeah, it's grappling.
2: Yeah, the grappling is obviously a, a big part of that, and Josh, as you know, in training, a, a lot of what you learn when you start wrestling is wrestling. And that's why usually yes. amateur wrestlers do so well in that kind of transition because they, they have that kind of grappling background that can kind of adapt that pretty quickly. And, you know, bringing Shabbat out here, I I, I kind of at first, I did thought it was going to be a, a regular match, kind of the way of position. But, you know, it being a catch wrestling rules match makes a ton of sense with his health condition. Also, we don't know. like You guys mentioned all the details and the full facts. But I think if this is going to be the deal going forward, I do think, like you mentioned, it'd be a, a welcome addition to a card. It could be a special uh, attraction thing I, I don't think This is the kind of thing that's going to die In front of a New Japan Crowd I think there are a lot Of people who they, they see bad Grappling on indies And, and they say oh I don't want to see this I don't want to see somebody hugging somebody I don't want to see people just sitting in Quote unquote rest holes uh, But when you have the right guys I mean you look back to the exhibition Match with Shibata and Sabre People love that match. That, that that was five minutes, super high scores on grapple and cage match, and all they did was grapple. And so if you have people in there who know how to grapple and wrestle and make it compelling and tell a story, I think it would be great. You have guys like Shibata and Sabre, uh, great Ocon, uh Kota abushi guys who really can grapple in that division. Eventually, when you get... Fifthly, Tom over there. There's so many guys. I mean, John Gresham, there's so many guys in New Japan and on the scene right now that really uh, excel in the style of of just pure grappling and wrestling. And I think it can be done really well. And I think, again, yeah, if they want to do like a, a catch title or you, know, you have catch division matches, a catch tournament. I think it could be something new and unique. You know, people always want new and fresh, and they—that's what that was their, you know, defense for evil and KLPW. Well, I think catch wrestling could be something new and unique that could actually elevate and help the product going into this 50th year.
1: You know, the old work is the new work. You know, I've heard uh, another famous podcast use that terminology. And I mean, there is truth to it. I mean, um, back in the olden days of wrestling, there used to be a catch title. And then there was a Greco-Roman title, and then there was mixed rules title, which kind of amalgamated into what we called the pro-wrestling world title, the one that, you know, was held by Joe Stecker and, you know, Haddock and all those guys, you know, um, Hackenschmidt and Gotch. But there was a time where, like, when you'd go watch wrestling matches, they'd do like two out of three falls. So one fall would be catch style or folk style, and another fall would be Greco style, and then there were guys that were billing themselves as like just the Greco world champion and just the catch world champion and just the folk and they had different rules, you know, like, I'm not saying that like everything should be completely like that, but I mean, I don't know. I I just don't see why that couldn't be appealing, especially with like, let's be honest. You you named some really great guys there, Jeremy, but how many guys in New Japan can't actually grapple on a high level? My guess is, not many. I think almost everybody on this roster is the cream of the creme, you know, right. They can, they can fucking grapple and tell great stories. And he brought up a a good point there. There are things you can do in the parameters of that kind of style rules match that you can't do when strikes are available. When you change those, those rules there, it changes the entire storytelling element of the match. You can get new stories, new match styles. Like, I don't know. To me, I'm willing to at least, I'm not saying it's going to work for sure, but I'm at least willing to gamble on it and give it a shot. You know, I'm much more positive on this than I was on KOPW. That sound is <laughs> so far to left field from what New Japan is. This sounds like something that really is in line with Antonio Inoki's idea of strong style wrestling, you know? And I'm sorry if like people don't like it, but I mean, it's a wrestling company that promotes sports style wrestling.
3: Well said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we, we have some, uh, some questions here on this. Uh, first, from our
3: buddy Rich Lad,
2: he says, "Why does the Shibata return? Not stink."
3: Is is he asking us because he thinks it stinks? Yes. He
2: hates it, yeah. Oh, he, okay. he thinks it, it's a scam that they're they're pulling on the heartstrings and that you know something was up when uh, an opponent wasn't announced. So,
3: well, I mean, it doesn't stink because. Katsuyori Shibata is going to get in the match in into the ring, and the bell's going to ring, and they're and he's going to compete. And that's awesome considering the man pretty much died, you know, backstage a couple of years ago. So, um, <laughs> that's true. So, this is, uh, this is all good. Like, there's no, you can want what you want out of it, right? You know, like you can want striker Shibata, you know, and, and, and you can want all of that to happen. You know, I've, I've been a believer that. This man doesn't step back in the ring and get beat up at the G1 final, and I, I without some sort of building clearance, right? And we're still building upon that clearance, right? And 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 if getting in the ring at Wrestle Kingdom for a catch wrestling style match is part of proving to doctors or the office that he can do this at a high level he can do this in a in a way that is safe for him whether that means he continues on with this or they use strikes as a way to build the next you know story with him that that's all good for me cuz you know like just seeing the guy get back in the ring even just for the grappling exhibition was a big moment right like and that's amazing and it's cool and you you got to believe that there's an end result that they're hoping for, whether or not they are actually going to get there. So, but everything they're doing is potentially checking in on his abilities to do this safely, right? And maybe it's not to the level of brain scans after every match, like Daniel Bryan or whatever, you know, whatever they were doing when he came back to WWE. But um, this is, you know, this is a step, and I think any step is a good step when it comes to Shibata getting back in the ring.
1: Who knows how long those tests uh, continued. I, I've heard rumors about that right. company that, you know, they're not always uh, about keeping up with their testing, you know what
4: I mean? <laughs> yeah,
2: I've heard <laughs> that. You know, I, I, I can totally understand this from Richard's perspective, especially if you've kind of been – Unplug from New Japan the past year. Not you know, it's been a down year for New Japan for most people, and interest has been down. Um, and you're not getting maybe as many big matches as you expect. And uh, for somebody like Rich who loves like you know, the hard hitting, high pace, high flying style, and you think of Shibata, yeah, you want everybody wants to see Shibata go back out there and do what he was doing pre the injury. Um, everybody wants that. But I think at the end of the day, it's what can realistically happen. And I, I think the catch wrestling is what can, they can realistically do right now with his current clearance. And like you mentioned, with Chris, it could be a swerve down the road and is kind of a building point. And uh, I, to me, I don't know. I, like I said, I think it's gonna a great um, attraction. I think it's a great addition to the card. You know, you look at these wrestling cards, we have a lot of rematches, um, not a lot of fresh, uh, not a lot of fresh, you know, views or ideas or concepts. And I think this is something that's it's an attraction it's, it's fresh, it's cool. And it just brings something different to the table.
1: He asked, why does it not, or why does it, uh, why does this return not stink? Um, I can only think of positives for the most part, the only ways it would st- now granted, if you feel like the company pulled a quasi bait switch, I get it. You know what I mean? Um, and there could be some people complaining about the fact that there's not an announced opponent. I'm guessing they're going to deliver on a high caliber opponent. I don't feel like it's just going to be, you know, I don't know someone that sucks. You know what I mean? The I think the feeling is Katsura Shibata returning is the draw and doesn't necessarily need to be bolstered by a name like Sakuraba or Minoru Suzuki, even though those might be the people he ends up facing. I think the fact of the matter is the fact he's even returning. That's the draw. So they get away with that. And then now they have an element of surprise they can throw into it to make it extra special, whoever that may be. So I don't really see that as a negative. Um, The only ways it sucks, the only ways it does suck is – if the match ends up being bad in some way, Ishibata gets hurt. Never should have been back in the first place. Um, that's about it. Like, Or, you know, that's all I can really think of. I mean, sure, what I love for what I've pitched in the past to come to fruition, where he becomes a full-time active roster member, runs through a New Japan Cup and ends up facing Okada, that gives me chills, Sure. But like you said, Jeremy, I don't know if it's realistic that that could even happen. Uh, oh, the one other thing. The only thing that may – I actually talked to Rich and he kind of complained about this is that, you know, Shabbat is not a spring chicken. He's an older guy who's kind of on the downside of his career with all these ailments, obviously. He's taking up a roster spot from someone else that could have potentially pushed. My question is, like, who would you have rather in this particular instance rather seen in a singles match that would have been – more meaningful or a bigger deal. You know what I mean? Like, certainly, yeah. But I mean, did we need to see Aaron Hanare or, I don't know, like, uh, G.O.D. or someone else that's not on the card kind of get pushed in this way? I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like the fact that is coming back to wrestle a meaningful big match against someone in a big spot, this is a big fucking deal. And it's going to do help the numbers of the show. You know, people have complained about New Japan feeling the same and being the same old, same old, not trying new things, not doing exciting things. Now they're doing something new, fun, and fresh, and exciting. And there's some people that are kind of, you know, shitting on it because they don't think this guy could be IWGB champion. You know, I don't know. Like, I'll probably, like, shed a tear when he wrestles. So that's just me. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and I could see that argument of Shibata taking a quote-unquote spot if we weren't in COVID and you didn't have – guys from Strong Philly Tom or Chris Dickinson getting a shot or right. Ryan Danielson coming over or whoever a door being open, like
3: Kenny Omega or somebody But uh, but you know what all those guys want to do? Wrestle Shibata. wrestle Shibata. They all want to wrestle Shibata. <laughs> like everyone that you've mentioned, like they all that's that's like one of their top guys they want to that they want to wrestle.
1: And and here's and, you know and I should backtrack a little bit. I don't think Rich said those exact words. I think that was sort of something he kind of implied. Just the fact that Shibata's older why are they kind of you know maybe they should give it up on him and maybe he's right i don't know we'll see but um you know i don't know i i feel like this is f- going to be fucking awesome
2: yeah and i think we're all in agreement that he's probably going to win this uh catch wrestling rules match
1: i don't know that yeah i don't know i don't <laughs> know, <laughs> know that at all i mean t- it really depends on who he wrestles
3: yeah well, yeah, well i guess that's the next piece of uh speculation to do right like yeah. who's X. Which we have uh, two
2: questions about it. Uh, Rainbow and Sam Picks that's given the announcement of cat trusting rules for the Shibata match. Is it reasonable to believe he's not fully clear for regular regular matches? And based on the style of match, who is the most likely
3: opponent? So we already talked a lot about the, the clearance, but you know, I I think that there's two ways that they can go with this, right? I think it's either Brendan Rita. Like somebody mm. that he's worked with for a while right? right and and like Narita he's got this Shibata-ism thing going on right, so and I think that that could be a cool thing and and then also either guy can win um he's and, domestic well, that's exactly it. it brings Narita back to to japan um so that and it's a big it's a big spot for something like that, or you go with i mean there's there's certainly the chance that it's a guy like Suzuki. There's certainly a chance that it's a guy like Ibushi coming back, but you know, I think they've probably got Ibushi flagged for top of the card stuff when he comes back. Um, So then, but then you've still got Suzuki and Suzuki in a match without strikes. That's a different Suzuki too. Right. So I think that could be actually really fun. Um, And, Because I think a lot of what Suzuki does is the same strike exchanges every, you know, on his at least on his U.S. tour. He did a lot of strike exchanges. So you remove that from his game, and I think that that could be really fun. So, um, yeah, but I I honestly, I've got a feeling I'm going to be surprised it's not going to be any of the people that I've mentioned.
1: Um, A few names that haven't been mentioned. So everyone you mentioned, those are... Definite possibilities. Um, I think maybe like Gabe Kid, since I think he might be able to get back in the country, that's a possibility. Yuji Nagata is another name that could be a possibility uh, given his history. Um, I think the fact that it's a catch wrestling match makes me feel stronger that it could be Kazushi Sakuraba. Uh, I know that there's the Noah tie-in and so that kind of opens things as well. But I mean... These guys fought each other in MMA. They trained together. There was a mentorship. They were tag team partners in New Japan. They had a feud, big match blow off. There's a lot of history there, but there's also the fact that Kazushi Sakuraba is simply the greatest Japanese MMA fighter of all time. And he's simply the greatest Japanese catch style wrestler there ever was. And there's a lot of special meaning there. And I feel like that could be the guy um, plus he's got a history with New Japan as well. um I I did see some people saying it could even be like Fujita, although that might have been prior to the rule change and I don't know if Fujita can still, you know I don't I don't know if he was ever much of a of a grappler more so than a striker. um those are the the main guy I mean, I would like it to be like a Josh Barnett. Or someone like that. But I don't think that that's feasible for him to get into the country. So, I mean, some of the names I listed, I think those are possibilities. I don't know if there's anyone else you've thought of, Jeremy.
2: No, pretty much you've thought of everybody else. I mean, like you guys said, it would be cool if it was like an L.A. dojo guy. If you could get Fredericks or Connors or Coughlin in there, that would be cool. I think Narita is a really cool option as well. Especially with this whole, like, L.A. dojo feud with the United Empire that's been going on. And United Empire's all going to be in Japan you could run that angle that Chris was talking about and have like Osprey or somebody come out and like ruin that whole moment with uh, Narita and uh, Shibata. Uh, but if I had to put like a, my bet on it, I would just go with Suzuki for right now. He's one of the biggest stars on their roster who doesn't have anything. If yeah. not, I mean, he'll probably be in the Ramble if not, but if you want to give him a big spot, I think that would be cool. And I think people would lose their minds if they hear that Kazanina Ray come on after Shibata comes out and you have this kind of big matchup with these two legends and a catch wrestling style. And we know, we know that Suzuki can wrestle that style. He doesn't have to rely on the strikes and he's a very uh, great grappler as well. And like you mentioned, Chris, yeah, that'd be a totally different Suzuki a, a fresh kind of matchup. He has to kind of break away from his kind of tropes and patterns that he, he does to have great matches. And I think that would be a lot of fun.
1: Another uh, one last name. I saw this. I think it's highly unlikely, but I think it should be at least mentioned on the air. I know he's retired but it's not necessarily a full rules pro wrestling match could be Liger. Hmm. And that'd be something special too. And would like really mean something he, you know, he's a guy that has the grappling like background to
3: do it too. That, that name crossed my mind. And I just like, didn't want to put it out into the universe because (laughs) as as we said, that's too good when it really comes (laughs) down to it. But
1: as we said off the air, I'm willing know. to say the things that other people don't want to really say. And eventually, <laughs> you're going to have to disassociate from this podcast.
3: It's going to happen.
2: <laughs> uh, we had a similar question from our user Batsu Bob. He said, "Any predictions on who will face Shibata, and how do you feel about the match uh, rules in place?" He said he's personally happy to see him back in the ring, and the match type will bring something new to the product. Yes, I agreed.
1: We are too. We are too. <laughs>
2: So let's move on now to the never open weight title match with the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii defending the never title against House of Torture's Evil. Yep. <laughs> any uh, fun stats, Chris, to make this uh, match any interesting?
3: Yeah, kind of. So Ishii's 0 3 in singles matches in the Tokyo Dome. So you got to figure. Um, this will be the time he's truly got the crowd behind him, for um, so so that he can uh, get off of that get off of that slide. So that that I that I guess is is something right. And but here's the thing: people root for Ishii anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, that's that's the stat. Um, last year was only the second time at the Tokyo Dome that the never open weight championship was defended successfully, and it didn't change hands um so you know we can hope for that streak to to begin here um but really what i when it comes down to it yeah i mean these guys haven't had a ton of build-up and they haven't had a ton of interaction to start to build um what this match is going to look like so i i am curious what the wrestling portion of this match will look like um and how they how house of torture breaks down someone as like truly strong and um established like like tomohiro ishii so i think that that that's another different kind of dynamic here so um yeah i'm i'm rooting for ishii i i do think he'll retain if i had to if i had to bet this is the house of torture match that they don't win um if they don't you know, go for a big clean sweep storyline. So I think, uh, I think there's a good chance of an Ishii retention here.
1: Yeah. It's a uh, tough for me on this one, just because I, I'm also thinking not that it's as important, but obviously we've got the six man tag team titles the next night. House of torture as a new unit. Um, you know, what matches they do or don't win is going to kind of be paramount for them just because they're a sub unit in its infancy. And um, I'm kind of looking at this match as well as the show and yo match that we talked about earlier. And I'm wondering how that's going to play into the following night's six-man tag match. And I do think they play one off another. And I mean, obviously, if Evil wins both of those matches, he walks out as a double champion. They haven't really been too prone to do double champions unless it was, like, in the main event. You know, there was that time when, like, Juice had an opportunity to win the tag titles and the U.S. belt. They didn't do that. Um I've got a feeling, and I don't know what what's really gonna happen here, but if evil wins this, I think they're dropping the six-man tag titles back the next night. And that could make sense if like him and show both win, and then they lose the like, you know, follow-up match the next night to Chaos. Chaos gets a little bit of comeuppance, and then we kind of go from there. That might make sense, but uh Ishii did just win this title, then again it's the never belt which has seemed to kind of kind of be slotted back to where it was previously. We, we thought it got elevated this year sort of slowly crept its way back into the number three spot and sort of, you know, become the EGE belt once again. Um, so it's really hard for me to say the one thing though, evil versus EGE, I'm not excited about it. Um, in the past, they've had great matches with one another, but the one single match they had ever since the House of Torture stuff has like was terrible. I mean, it was literally abysmal, and um, very few evil matches in this current iteration have actually even been passable. This the only thing that makes me think that maybe it could be good. It's Wrestle Kingdom and it's Tomohiro Ishii, so you know there's some hope. But, man, I've got a feeling like, God, I hope they don't do some bullshit here. Uh, And the stuff that was said during the press conference where Ishii said, like, you could do whatever you want. Cheat as much as you want. Hit me with as many weapons as you want. Bring as many guys as you want. I'm still going to obliterate you. That made me feel like, oh, fuck, you might lose (laughs) (laughs) because of the House of Torture shit. So um, I'm hoping for Ishii. And I think it'll be Ishii but you can't really discount evil, especially being like a former world champion, you know? It's hard hard for me to think that the former world champion is going to lose to Ishii in the Tokyo Dome.
2: Yeah, but that former world champion's evil, so... (laughs) I know, I know. But yeah, like you guys, I'm not thrilled for this matchup. I I personally believe this match probably would have been Ishii versus Jay White had Jay... Wanted to come into the country They probably would have Not had it about a valley And had it here uh, But we're, we're getting the other Bullet club leader here With Evil Uh And again Like you mentioned Josh this, this could be a good match If we had L.I.J. Evil But with You know Bullet club house of torture Evil There's going to be tons of shenanigans Girl girl wires Ref pullouts And You know We've seen Ishii have Compelling matches with guys Who cheat a lot uh, Obviously he didn't, he didn't act With Evil the Last time they faced off But with the right match structure, I think that they could have a, a, a decent match here to the point where we're not completely pulling our hair out. And
3: I'm pretty sure Evil in 2016 had the shortest never openweight championship reign. He did. Yeah, ten, 10 days. I mean, I knew it was short, but I yeah, think he that's
1: the shortest. In Singapore and then dropped it back. I uh, forget, what was it King of Pro Wrestling after that? He dropped it back? I don't remember.
3: Um, uh, maybe something like that.
1: It, it was, was very sure.
3: It was both Shibata,
1: yeah. He lost it, just, or he beat Shibata in a single in that weird show in Singapore, and then he won it, and then he lost it on the next show. Which no, he, I...
3: lo- he lost it back in Singapore, he won it at Power Struggle.
1: Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah.
2: my bad.
3: Yeah, but that is, I mean, people forget evil, uh, would be a two time never open weight champion because mm-hmm. that was a forgotten rain it happened it did
1: happen it, it made no sense why it happened it it, it made, i don't know
2: <laughs> yeah and something else to think about here you know we've seen all this year titles being coupled together the junior title the junior tag titles the um never tiles never six man tiles so we could easily see evil win this and still and be a double never champ and retain the next night and use it to set up future feuds for him going forward
1: Could be, Um, you know, interestingly enough, Ishii is not in that chaos six man trio the next night. So, you know, evil's got matched the next night, but I don't think Ishii does. So who, who knows, but, you know, I don't know. Ishii just won this belt, but it's also the never title, which doesn't have a great track record of like getting defended successfully in the dome and you know, very often people do lose it in their first title defense, so it's hard to say.
4: Yeah,
2: let's just uh, you know hope hope for Ishii here to g- get the big win.
1: I- I'm gonna say Ishii, like that's, but I don't feel strong on it at all.
2: Yeah, let's move on to the IWGP Tag Team Title Match. The champions, the Dangerous techers, Taichi and Zack Saber Jr. They'll be defending their titles against the winners of the twenty twenty one the twenty twenty one World Tag League Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi.
1: The press conference for this match was pretty funny because Goto and Yoshihashi just cut the most like standard by the numbers like, you know, promo. I don't even know if you call it promo, it just like remarks.
2: Statements. And then,
1: <laughs> yeah, statements. And then Tai just like looked them up. He was like oh, we're going to try our best. We're going to do it for the people. We're going to win the title. He's like, you guys are abysmal promos. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, it was pretty funny. But uh, there was one thing Zach said that was pretty interesting where he they, they buried Chaos, but then they talked about how these guys have improved and have really made a name for themselves over the past year. And they said, even though they're not on Dangerous Techers levels they have to admit that they've worked themselves up to this point. And, you know, ZSJ was like, if you told me a year ago that I'd be wrestling Tai or uh, Yoshihashi in the Tokyo Dome, I would think my career taken a very, very like low fall at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was like, you know, at this point, he was like, you've got the Tokyo sports tag team of the year, the top, team in the entire, like, world, basically, the Dangerous Techers, going head-to-head with the World Tag League champions. And he's like, that's a great match on paper, and I think we're going to have a great match. So I think that based on the history of these two teams, they probably will go out there and have a great match. Um, I'm hoping Dangerous Techers retain. They don't need to. There is a good story there. If Yoshihashi picks up his first, like, major title i mean i know he was never champion but this would be a big step up for him and goto uh if if they win these titles from the danger suckers in the dome but uh yeah and actually you know i think i'm going to predict that i i think i'm going with chaos on this one just because titles change at wrestle kingdom and I don't know. I, I, it's the tag title, so what does it matter?
3: <laughs> nine straight Tokyo Dome cards have seen the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships change hands. Jeez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if there was a team that wouldn't break that streak, it would be <laughs> Yoshi Hashi
3: <laughs> That's, Hiroki That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah, nine straight, that includes Russell Grant Slam and... Um, Last year's, well, the previous, I guess, seven Tokyo Dome shows. So, yeah, it's a lot. Um, it seems to change hands most of the time. There was a stretch here in 2000 to 2008 where it didn't change hands at all. Um, was that like
1: the Ch- the Cho Ten and Ten Koji years?
3: Um, no. Most of the defenses are. Yeah, there's a tenkoji. There's only one tenkoji. One of them was Tanahashi and Nakamura. Oh yeah. One of them, one of them was Tenzan and Shono. Um, yeah,
1: ten. yeah, Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Okay. And then Suzuki and Takayama in there. So that was, that was that was on the Noah show.
1: Those are some great teams. That's when they had some great tag teams back then. <laughs> That's
3: some good. I mean, that was a good run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the safe bet is to say that. Uh, the titles are going to change hands But also um,
1: It's the Dangerous Techers
3: Dangerous Teckers doesn't have that big Tokyo Dome win They've
1: never won in the Dome
3: Right so it's kind of like a, Running it back on the Tamatanga Tangaloa, The G.O.D. story from last year So we'll see
1: But yeah. if they don't win then That means maybe we get more of them in the future So I'm sure. all for that <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm leaning towards uh, Goto and Yoshihashi here Just because those two guys have a match on night two They're going to be in the, the six-man title match uh, Teaming up with Yoa Challenge House of Tortures So I think it, they need a win on night one Build some momentum for night two And also that will play into the result there But yeah, I'm going for a title change here
1: But if they if they lose here Then it means they might m- be more likely to win the next night Is what I'm thinking Right, and so that would actually make it more likely that Show and Evil win as well. Potentially. Yeah. Depending on your bookings, you know, philosophy, I suppose.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, the match will be
2: good, though. Yeah, I yeah, think it'll be really is- good.
3: Yeah. This will be a great match. So I, uh, I, I, I think this is one of the... IWGP tag matches that i've looked forward to the most at wrestle kingdom, so it usually gets kind of kind of buried and lost and it was the same guys for a long time so it is nice to see a ca- this little chaos duo um get into it
2: yeah
1: there's a there's a um a match with a um killer elite squad versus g o d that like really over delivered and i will always stay oh no 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 it was uh l i j versus killer elite squad and
3: Oh yeah, that match was and, great Yeah, and It was fucking great yeah. and
1: people did not think it was going to be great So I'll always stand by that match
2: Yeah, <laughs> this, this should be a really good match here And that'll take us to our Semi-main event of the evening For the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title The champion, L Desperado Will be defending his title against the Best of Super Junior 28 winner The ticking time bomb, Horomu Takahashi
1: You know Um if you've been watching New Japan for any length of time, you know, there is so much history between these two guys, um, you know, going back to the time period when Desperado was uh, Hiromu's, you know, senior when it came to the Young Lions and he just fucking sunned him the entire time. And then, you know, the various different wars they've had with one another over the title in the Super Juniors, you know, over the the you know, subsequent years. And um, it kind of all came to a head last year at the Super Juniors finals. That very famous match did really well in our voting. And when um, Desperado's mask was taken off and exposed and he wrestled the rest of the match, you know, maskless, which was like kind of crazy. And now we're kind of here full circle. But in this case, Hiromu's the challenger. Desperado has sort of made his name and you know kind of claimed his reputation within the division and it's sort of we're in a similar position with Hiromu where you know year after year he's kind of back at the starting point challenging for the title you know um two years ago it was against uh Will Ospreay coming back from injury last year you know it was facing off with uh Ishimori kind of you know, trying to come back to the top spot. And it's like, this would be the third year in a row he could do it if he is able to. And in that same respect, El Desperado has something to prove here where like he's been a top star in this division and he's been the champion, but he's still kind of always been in the shadow of Hiromu the whole year. And if he were to get that big win over Hiromu, which he never really has, won a big time main event against Hiromu. And to do it in the Dome as the defending champion kind of exercise that demon, it would be a big deal. One thing I would say from the press conference, if you didn't hear Desperado's remarks and the promo he cut, I thought it was the promo of the entire press conference where I was like, holy fuck, this guy's really good with words. Like, and um, he he started talking about how like ever since Hiromu came back from excursion, Hiromu has been a top star headliner in the division, from the get-go, and he was like, I came back, challenged Ibushi in a nothing title match, it meant nothing. He's like, we challenged the Young Bucks together as a tag team in a tag match that meant nothing. It was like, I had bad storylines and bad matches, and I wasn't ready. And he was like, and I've sucked since I came back. And he's like, and then I've tried to improve year over year. He's like, but then Liger retired, and I wasn't good enough. He's like, "He's like instead of me and Hiromu against... Liger and Sano it was Hiromu and Dragon Lee and he's like and it should have been me but I wasn't good enough he was like Mm. I only just now got good enough and I was like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) and he's like he's like and he's like and um before we walked out to that match last year Hiromu whispered to me and he said let's show these people what our history is really all about and he's like in um He's like, when we go out there this night, I'm going to bring that full circle and let everyone know what my history is really about. And I was like, oh, fuck. I want this guy to beat Roma's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, not even the biggest Desperado fan, but I'm like, you know, like this this division's like clamoring for like a top star and like a guy to get made. And like, it's, it's literally thirsty for someone to step up and fucking do it. I think Desperado should like, just go do it. And like, I want these guys to go out there And have a banger and just have a classic maybe steal the show maybe be the match of the year i don't know but like i want them to fucking do it you know and i want Desperado to win and i think he might like i'm kind of i know jeremy you said that like because it's the 50th year anniversary they're gearing up for guys that they think can like draw and obviously Hiromu is like the more obvious choice there but they should go with they should go with (laughs) despeed
3: I think there's a chance they go with Despy. Um, I, I think there's a chance Despy wins this. I think if as, as I'm looking at their 2021, they both had really similar records, really similar booking patterns, really similar um, strengths and weaknesses, really, when it comes down to it. And then they had that big draw during Best of Super Juniors. Um, Hiromu obviously won the final last year, but they've split before that. So there's a lot there's a lot to work with here um there's a lot a lot a lot to work with so i think that they're going to come out i think you're going to see this be probably the longest junior heavyweight championship match ever in the dome um potentially getting up there with some of the the longer junior heavyweight championship matches of all time uh, outside of the dome too so because i think the story is they need more than 30 right so they mm-hmm. they went to the 30 minute draw Hiromu beat Despie in 30 14 at uh, the best of super Juniors finals. So you're going to see a long match I think and uh, you know something it's something weird happened if it if it if it goes short, right? Or maybe that's the tease and then they end up going 20 or 19 or whatever. So but yeah, this is it's going to be awesome. I I do think this is more of a coin flip than we get we give it credit for. I think everyone thought Hiromu was going to come back and win um and beat was it robbie, robbie eagles. eagles yeah At, uh, right WrestleMania slam. like everyone figured hiromu was going to win that match and and that's not how that went right so um you know maybe the fun for hiromu in the chase and maybe that's because there isn't a ton of new star power in the iwgp junior heavyweight division but desperado is definitely a guy that they can continue to go back to
2: yeah, I think it makes ton of sense here for Desperado to win. If I was booking, that's what I would go with. You know, you need to break that booking pattern of Hiromu, you know, comes back, wins Super Junior, goes to the Dome, wins the belt. That's happened with the last three years now, and I think you really need to to break that pattern and make it not obvious thing that, oh, Hiromu's just going to win Super Junior and win the belt in Tokyo Dome. I think it, it helps break up that pattern there if you have the Desperado win. Then also, I think, you know, we've talked about it several times on the show now, the junior division needs more stars and need more people that can count on as a draw. Um, so I do think having Desperado here get the big win over Hiromu in a stellar match in a semi-main event of the Dome would really establish El Esperado and put him on Hiromu's level and then he could definitely be a guy That can count on in the 50th year To main event more shows Because we saw in the Super Juniors They weren't really fully behind Esperado. Hiromu was in a ton of those main events we did have some main events, some semi-main events But I feel like they were, we had more Hiromu main events So I think this could be the big match here That finally gets despi On Hiromu's level And gets him to that star power And drawing ability that they, they want him And he could be very useful Going into next year
1: Yeah, I'm also looking here and um, just to see what the highest any junior match has ever been slotted. And I'm just now seeing last year, Hiromu and Ishimori, they were in the semi-main event of night two. And prior to that, juniors had never even been to the semi-main event. This feels bigger than that in a certain
3: way, though. Yeah, it does.
2: Yeah, I mean we, the Hiromu and and um, Ishimori, they they have you know they've had interesting rivalry, uh, but their matches have kind of been split where some people like them, some people don't. I feel like everybody loved the the Hiromu despy series, and this is like a a long rivalry that goes back to to Young Lion and the Dojo, and so I think there's a lot of history. Um, you look at all the junior tag stuff that they've done with them and L.I. J. and Tsukuyu and just all the matches they've had over Super Juniors. There's so much rich history and rivalry to pull from here. I definitely think this is going to be more impactful, more Im- influential than the Ishimori match last year.
3: Yeah, and the Ishimori match last year only had a one-day build because Hiromu had to beat ELP uh, on night one and then go into night two as the as the contender, because they did that uh, Super J Cup versus Best of Super Juniors um, situation. So, yeah. So I think that you know this match getting a proper build with the Road Two shows, with um, you know this longstanding rivalry and both of these guys' desire to headline the Tokyo Dome at some point. Um, I think there's so much more to draw from when it comes to to this particular matchup yeah
2: we had an interesting question here from our user less commission 7252 do you guys believe that the junior title match could have been a mask versus title match i wouldn't mind seeing desperado wrestle without his mask
1: uh it's been thrown around in the past there's been mentions of it in you know um interviews and post-match comments and stuff like that not specifically with these particular wrestlers but just the concept of desperado being in a you know, uh mask bet match or potentially even, you know, there's a lot of like wrestling journals and pundits that talk about him losing his mask, you know, the symbolism behind the desperado persona versus uh I forget his real name, Masami, Mikami, I can't remember. Mikami. Yeah. Um so, you know, there's a lot of lore there. Uh and I can't say that I'm like the keeper of the lore, know all the intricacies of their their feud in that manner, but uh you know, I feel like it's big enough without needing to be, I mean, it's it's all about the title. It doesn't, I don't see where his mask really plays a factor to it other than a year ago, they had a ma- a match where the mask came off. If it had played any sort of role in any of the Super Junior matches that they just recently had or the preview matches, then yes, maybe. But um, I, I don't see that that's necessary right now. Uh, maybe down the line.
3: Yeah. I do think there's a, possibility that they are building towards uh like a mask versus hair match maybe not even like with the title but um something a little more classic Lucha yeah a little more Lucha yeah. which would make sense with these two I mean it makes all the sense in the world
2: and that's a big match that you can do down the line of draw for another show like you mentioned Josh like the title is the key here like that's the key draw this title and this rivalry and I think you can save that the hair versus title for another big show that you're going to do later. Maybe Dominion. These guys run it back. And they're none of them are the champion. Like you mentioned, Chris, it's a non-title. We have this personal blood feud, mass versus title. We need to settle this to prove who's a better man kind of thing.
4: Yeah, let's
1: be clear. This is not a blood feud right now. Could it develop? I mean, I think it's verging on potentially being able to cross into that boundary. But right now, it's it's more of a professional rivalry like yes there's person there's personal vendettas involved but they're not like trying to kill each other this is not like suzuki liger from a year or two ago where they're like trying to kill each other that's usually what you when you need to put the mask or the hair up is when it's like you know just going by like the tropes of lucha like it's usually when people hate each other you know and they kind of admire each other. Sometimes I wonder if like Corvus in love with him actually. <laughs> 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 Which and might be part of the story, I don't know.
3: Yeah. And what you what you need for that to turn into a blood feud though is you need it to be a balanced rivalry.
2: Right. So, so you need Despite to get the big win here.
3: Right. So you've got it's pretty even so far, but Hiromu seems to I don't know. It just seems so clear that he's the bigger star. Um, But yeah, like Despy needs the big win. And I think that I think if we see that, then I actually think we're going to see a lot more of these guys interacting or keep coming back to it as this kind of generational rivalry, which I think is fine Um, as long as you can kind of filter in other people and, and all that. And then eventually it'll make sense for them to feud without the title. If that's the direction that they want to go. Because I, I would love that. I would love a mask versus hair. Um at a big show, not with the title on the line. I think that'd be really cool. And another one of those cool things that New Japan hasn't done anything like in a little while.
1: There's the other way you could go with it. Um you could go Harumu wins again. And you know, basically Desperado wants to challenge him down the line, but I've already beaten you so many times. What do you really have that I haven't already gotten? And he's like, my identity.
3: Right. I'll put mm. my mask
1: on the line, and that's. But that doesn't truly feel New Japan to me. That feels more of like a Western style booking storyline. But I mean, it's always on the table.
2: Yeah, and I, I think you know, like you mentioned, Chris, doing a non-title mask versus title. I think that would come very helpful, especially if we're going to see a lot of two night shows like we saw this past year. If we're going to get, like, Russell Dantaku night one and two, like, you could have a junior title match one night, and then the mass first title match next night. So.
3: Yeah, there's a lot they can do, and they, honestly, they need these guys to be... They need Hiromu healthy for an entire year to see what, like, a Hiromu arc can actually look like. Right. Um, and they need Desperado to continue... Uh, same deal, just stay healthy. He hasn't been quite as, as injury-prone as Hiromu, but... Um yeah, I think what they need the most is like to see what these arcs can really look like as designed. So I'm curious where they go with it.
1: So where do you guys what what's your official prediction? I'm going Despy on this. I've convinced myself.
2: I'm also going Despy.
3: Yeah, I think Desperado and I think oh! it, it becomes the story of It's happening. We all can, said so. It, it becomes the story of can Hiromu win a big match in the dome? right? He mm-hmm. starts to have this monkey on his back and I think eventually he gets that big win maybe in that main event, right? So I think there's there's a story to be told. You said Hiromu. Mm-hmm. But he's, he beat Will Ospreay like two years ago. Yeah, but then he's lost the last two if he loses again here.
1: But he beat Ishimori.
3: He lost at the Dome. Wasn't the Dome... He was on the Dome show earlier this year, right in July. Oh yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
1: He, yeah. Lost, he lost to uh, Eagles, uh, Robbie Eagles, but he's got a, he's got a. History no, I of... know
3: he's four and one in the Dome.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. I was like, what? I was like, I. But I it becomes like
3: he's... it becomes this thing where he's on a losing streak, then uh, oh, right, a downward I trend. Yeah. yeah, a downward trend. Yeah, exactly. I was like,
1: did I misremember these matches? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Did we did we go into a different alternate timeline? Like, is this a Mandela effect shit? Like, what's going on?
2: The multiverse where Hiromu...
4: But you need the to have
3: a reason. They need to... You need to create a reason to root for Hiromu in the dome. Right? So mm-hmm. losing a couple even, I think, gets you there.
1: I think Hiromu needs to go to a dad status, like, basically, Tiger... <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: Oh, man. I mean, maybe he would stop injuring himself then. Mm. He's on the the Makabe bump count. That's
1: what you say about Tanahashi. (laughs) He seems to be doing okay.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, let's move on to main event of night one here. The IWGP World Heavyweight Title Match. The champion, the Rampage Dragon, Shingo Takagi. He will defend against the G1 Climax Champion, Kazuchika Okada.
1: Big, big match. You know, um, Okada coming in with that V4 belt. Who knows what the fuck that's about. Um, but, you know, Shingo and him have faced twice this year. Once during the New Japan Cup in the first round. Um, Shingo beat him clean as a whistle. And um, no one really kind of expected that. That was a big deal for Okada get knocked out of the first round of New Japan Cup. Um, Shingo kind of lost back-to-back big main event matches to Will Ospreay. of so seemed like he was getting cycled out of the title picture. Osprey gets injured. We kind of go to a de facto number one versus number two scenario, which ends up being Okada versus Shingo in a rematch during Wrestle... was it no, was it was Dominion or uh, Wrestle Grand Slam.
2: It was uh Russell well was... I think it was Dominion.
1: It might have been Dominion. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Shingo wrestles Okada for the vacant title. And to everyone's surprise, Shingo beats him and becomes the, you know, the third ever champion in this title's lineage. And here we are, Okada won the G1. And um, you know, there's big implications because I mean, the next night, the winner of this match has to fight the challenger in waiting, which is Will Ospreay, on January the 5th. And uh the big question is like does Shingo have Okada's number? And does he just have the formula to beat him and, like, prove that he's truly, like, the ace? Because that's kind of always been the question. When you have a guy that can beat a champion who's, like, established long-term, can they beat them on the big stage in the Tokyo Dome? That's always been one of the big tests. And, like, yeah, Shingo beat him twice this year, but if he were to beat Okada in the Dome, that's a big fucking deal. Vice versa... Ken Okada be the, win the IWGB world title for the first time ever. And he's talked in the press before about like, he's got secret plans for the V4 title. And what does that mean? And how's that going to play into the, you know, the fifth night. And then concerning the fact that both of these guys have long histories with Will Ospreay and have compelling stories to kind of tell going into that match the next night. I mean, it's anyone's call. But I'm thinking, personally, this is just my opinion. I don't think New Japan ever intended for Shingo Takagi to have held the title going all the way to the Tokyo Dome. I don't think this was ever the plan. I think this was more of a uh, something that needed to happen due to COVID. And he did a fantastic job carrying the company. And would I love to see him and Will Ospreay the next night? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I do not see Kazuchika Okada losing three times in one calendar year. Uh, to Shingo Takagi, as much as I love him, as awesome as he is, I just don't think that that's how this company operates. And I feel pretty confident that Kazuchika Okada is going to beat Shingo Takagi and walk into January fifth as the world champion.
3: Okada well, is four and three in main events at the Tokyo Dome, um, so the chance of okada losing does obviously exist right Right. um so and i think that i think there's a lot of people who think okada's a shoe-in to move towards the next night you know the real story is osprey and okada right in the dome the the whole thing it's a rematch from last year blah, blah 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 right so you know but with that said you know like i said earlier in the show Anybody in New Japan can lose on any given night. So Shingo winning here wouldn't be unprecedented, I don't think. I don't think it's likely. I think Shingo has had a hell of a year. He did win a main event in the Tokyo Dome earlier this year, right? He had that moment in that building. Um, And he's had a really good run with this title. When you say you don't think Shingo was the guy who was kind of marked for this event, this particular event, I think of Kota Ibushi.
1: That's exactly what I mean. Right.
3: So like I think of Kota Ibushi getting that getting a defense between the G1 and um and Wrestle Kingdom and I think that, you know, the the little trio then becomes Okada Ibushi Osprey. So Shingo by everybody else's misfortune has been an incredible champion. And I think that that's awesome. And I think that he's one of my favorite wrestlers, like top five all time, probably. Um, And this run has been really fun and I'm glad it happened. Um, But I do do see the case for taking the belt off of him and kind of seeing what he can do without the championship. Can he be a main event guy as a challenger? Can he be a main event guy um, through a tournament? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I think that, you know, Okada, you know, the build is there for Okada. His his year has been really good, especially G1 on. Um, So I think Okada's got the momentum to to take the belt off of Shingo here.
2: Yeah, this is going to be, first of all, it's going to be a great matchup. I, I lo- I'm i one of the guys who love the Shingo-Okada matches. I know not everybody is super high on those matches. Uh, I, I love their matchups and think they have a, a, some great chemistry. So I'm looking forward to the main event. Uh, I'm kind of in the same camp as Josh is where I'm thinking I have a hard time seeing Shingo uh, beat Okada for the third time in a row. Like I mentioned uh, earlier on the show, you know we're getting ready to go into the, the 50th year. There's going to be a lot of special shows. You need business to get back to where it was pre-COVID. Um, they're starting to open up buildings in January. Corkin mm-hmm. Hall is going to uh, be able to do full capacity. Um, and also, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID, but they're trying to increase capacities in these buildings. And so to me, I think it makes a ton of business sense to put the... Titled back on Kazuchika Okada He was the guy where business was booming They were the highest business they ever done And I think it would make a ton of sense to put it back on him Going into the 50th year, he's the ace And just really have him have a banner year And lead the company and getting back to where they were pre-COVID Now, from a booking perspective Personally, I think it makes more sense for Shingo to win I think the real story in this whole three way is who is the real world champion. Yes, Okada won the G one. He pulled out his, the V four to represent that. But the, I think the real story here is between Osprey and Shingo. Like Osprey never lost a title. He was stripped. Shingo has not beaten being uh, Osprey this year. and Hasn't proven that he can beat. Osprey beat be the champion, so there's a, I think there's a more interesting story, and I wish that they would have done Shingo Osprey night one with the winner facing Okada, because there's so much dynamic and promos and back and forth in history with Shingo and Osprey, it just makes more sense, alright all right, let's determine who's the real world champ between those two, the undisputed champ, and then that person faces the G1 winner, but What's done is done. They want the other way. And so I, I think Okada's going to get the win here. And that plays back into the, the rivalry that him and Osprey had.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough um, when it comes to that whole thing, just because Osprey wasn't necessarily available for the full build in Japan to kind of make this whole thing coherent. I think they tried their best to kind of bridge the gap between like, the san jose show and video promos and everything but i mean this has been less than coherent and i mean let's be honest the last two years of double gold dash whatever you want to call them main event builds haven't really been the best and in fact this might be one of the better ones of the three just because it at least kind of somewhat makes sense um but you're right jeremy you touched on something there it's like who is the true world champion and it this harkens back to me You know, a few few months ago, I was doing studies on, like, the 1920s, 1930s, and there was title claimants that would spring up and different boards, you know, across the world and globe that would give recognition to different world champions. And then eventually they had to have have a playoff between all these guys to, like, reunify the titles. And this is – we're talking before the NWA, before WWF and all that. Like, when there was just a – it was just a wild west of, like – You know, New York calls this guy champion, Boston calls this guy champion. Well, you know, all three of these guys kind of have somewhat of a legitimate claim depending on what logic and methodology you use. And by the end of the two shows, we're going to have one world champion. They could have given, if if you put enough like money and production behind this, you could have really had an awesome like build and, you know, promotional. But going into the show, this doesn't feel the same kind of hype as like Okada Tanahashi did or, omega okada you know it's not quite like that could have been unfortunately it's not but um you know chris you had mentioned okada's lost in the dome three times well you know doing some quick math two of those times was to tanahashi uh when he was on his way up to being able to finally unseat him as the ace And then the other time was to Jay White in a non-title undercard match, which was a big deal, but it wasn't, you know, the main event of the dome.
3: Well, yeah. So I said he lost, he's lost three main events. So the Jay White was not, uh, was not the main event. Oh, gotcha. I apologize. The the Naito match. He lost to
1: Naito. That's right. So that's four. That's four big.
3: Four big losses in the dome total. Yeah. And then three of those were actually in main events, though.
1: Hmm hmm. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, it's just it's with them going to the 50th anniversary. Um, I don't know. It just feels really hard for me to believe that they're gonna have the Dragon Gate guy and the UK guy, the Gaijin, battle it out to see who's really the true representative of New Japan pro wrestling as the true world champion. I think Okada's just coming up aces on all this. Like, cause he's the ace, and I don't think either of these two guys is gonna be promoted as the ace of the company. And I don't think that's either of their stories right now. Maybe down the line it could happen, but, you know, um, Kodabushi Osprey, Shingo, all great talents, all great champions. None of them are like true blue, full-fledged, New Japan dojo type guys that went through that system. You know, uh, it, it's been a break from tradition entirely since they introduced this belt. If Okada were to win it, he'd be the first real, true, traditional New Japan guy to even hold that title. Going into the 50th anniversary, I think that's what they're going to do. I think the match is going to be great, but like the more I think about it, I, I think Okada is going to win. Now, last thing I will say, there is a story in place with Shingo and Osprey, where Shingo has never beaten Osprey on the big stage. She's beaten him once in the G1. But when it comes to tournament finals, when it comes to title matches, he's never done it. And you know, in the past we've talked about how they're setting them up for some point in the future where Shingo does unseat him in some respect. Maybe now's the time where they could do that. And if he did win, that's a possibility, but uh I think it's just gonna be Okada. I think that's what we're going with.
2: Yeah, my my head says. Okada, my heart says Shingo, but <laughs> gonna have to go with my head on this one, and uh, I think Okada's gonna get the win.
3: Who did you guys think was gonna win the Dominion match? Like, did you guys Okada. think like, ah, oh, they're just gonna go with Okada? Yeah, I thought Okada yeah. was gonna win. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people thought, yeah, they're just gonna go with Okada. Yeah, and
1: even though they put Shingo over, I just don't think Lightning's gonna strike twice. Do- Are yeah. you taking Shingo?
3: No, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> Go back right don't, don't don't be silly.
2: <laughs> what well, do I? am telling you right now. I will mark out so hard <laughs> if it Shingo so laughs oh the God. dragon this man right on his head and freaking wins. I will you lose know, that'd my mind. Be
3: wild. I mean, yeah. They I don't think. I don't think now's the time. I actually think New Japan Pro Wrestling needs Kazuchika Okada on top. Now, yeah, like they they probably need it yesterday, but they need it now, and they need, but they also need Shingo and Osprey and Ibushi and Naito, and honestly, guys like Jeff Cobb or Sonata even again to like start to step up and get their asses back in that main event picture, right? So I think there's a lot of interest in kind of this. I don't. I don't even want to call them the, like a new wave, but like some of these guys who have been elevated since O'Connor's had the title last. And yeah, I think I think there's a lot of interest in what does a guy like Jeff Cobb look like in an IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match, right? Mm. A guy like, um, gosh, I mean, even even going back to the Sonata, well, coming back on, and you know, the next night with Osprey, if that's the direction they go, like, there's so much. There's so many guys in different spots now, um, and then if the the borders open, it's a whole it's a whole different thing too.
1: Well, that's the other thing too is like you know um, in the past, last time Okada held the title, people complained because like we, we we had this legendary run, and then he's kind of running out of challengers. We've seen a lot of repeated matches. What what else is there for him to do? You know, he's had so many title defenses and yada yada yada. Well, it's a new title, it's a new company in a certain sense, it's a new era. And like you just mentioned, if you think about it, like how many guys are out there for him to like defend the belt against it? He never really has. I mean, you got Shingo, you got Osprey, you got Jeff Cobb. I mean, even like Tamatonga is was kind of elevated, has a story there. There's like quite a few people. And then like you mentioned, if you open up those borders and then plus, who knows, AEW's been mentioning Okada a lot. Part of me kind of wonders like, Why have they been doing that? Maybe they're privy to the idea that maybe he's going to be an integral part. Well, obviously he's always integral. Maybe they know something we don't know. You know about like his positioning in the company going into the next year and how important he might be. You know, so I mean, I don't know. Like all all signs point to Okada for me.
3: Yeah, and I think if you're going to do cross promotional cards like this Noah card, right? If you're going to do that, you want your title on your guy. Right. Right. For, and honestly, like the calendar is going to look a lot different this year. Hopefully, Hopefully, it's going to look back to normal. We'll probably learn that on one of these nights. Um, but hopefully, and I, sh- I probably should have brought this up during the junior title discussion, but like best of super juniors might be in May, right? Like mm. we might be back to best of super juniors in May and G1 in the summer. And then, you know, like so the opportunity for a little bit more of a reset and a little bit more of a classic run of like timing and and things of that sort, like I think that Okada's the right pick to go into the match against Osprey at least, um, and we'll talk about that as we as we kind of go forward here, I think,
4: yeah.
2: Well, let's move on to night two here and uh, run through this card real quick. So, opening match, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match. We have Flying Tiger, the champions, Robbie Eagles, and Tiger Mask. Defending against some mega coaches, our good friend, Rocky Romero, Enrique Ketaguchi, and Bullet Club's cutest tag team, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori.
3: This is one of those three ways that I don't really mind because I think the junior tag three ways are usually kind of a good time. It's fast paced. It's a great opener. Um, as for who's going to win, I actually think the mega coaches might win this.
1: I do too. Yeah. Mm.
3: And I think we might get a run, a run with Romero and, and Taguchi on, on this next tour and it'll be really fun. It'll be awesome to see Rocky in there all the time. Um, and I think that would make Taguchi, the 69th junior tag champion. So, mm. and you know, who doesn't love a, a gimmick run? So I think that there's a good chance that that, that happens. So and I, I think either way, you can kind of anticipate Eagles and Tigers mask losing because, um, you know, peek behind the curtain, I'm pretty sure Robbie Eagles is booked for some stuff in Australia in the middle of January. So he's finally uh, gets to go home. So um, I wouldn't imagine he's, he's carrying that belt with him.
1: The press conference for this was really funny in a lot of ways because <laughs> um, freaking El Phantasmo came out wearing a Tiger Mask 3 mask and said that he's the real flying tiger <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that he's wearing the mask of the best tiger mask, which like everyone knows that Tiger Mask 3 is the worst, even though it's Koji Kanemoto's the worst tiger mask. <laughs> and uh that was really really funny and then he talked about how he's got the greatest super kick in the history of new japan no not just new japan pro wrestling no not just pro wrestling combat sports the greatest single super kick in the history of fighting he has it and he said he's going to to give a sudden death to every single person in this match which i was like that's hilarious and then um you know uh freaking Ishimori mentioned how he lost recently in the singles match to Taguchi. So he's kind of like out for revenge and has that aspect playing into it. And um, he even said like that he's not worried about Tiger Mask at all or about Flying Tiger in any respect because they're a bullshit tag team that just got thrown (laughs) together. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like no one really cares about robbie eagles and tiger Mask, and he's not even sure how they got the titles to begin with and like that they're basically just like placeholders and like keeping the belts warm for them so that whole thing was you know that whole thing was funny and then um Taguchi's whole thing which is why i think they're gonna win and if not now they're going to be the next ta- junior tag team champions right? whether it's him and rocky or him and watts or whoever whoever it's got to be Rizuki Rizuki Teguchi is going to be the 69th junior tag team champion Um, because he was like, he literally was like my career, like at this point in my career, if I'm not going to win this title and be the 69th champion, there's no reason for me to wrestle and I might as well hang up my boots and I might as well step away from the sport. So, I mean, like, <laughs> that's how seriously he feels about being the 69th junior tag team champion. Like, he, he did the entire promo, like, deadpan, like, like he was Ric Flair in 1993, facing down Big Van Vader and his careers on the line. Like, that's what he looked like. Um, so, it's just hilarious. But, you know, the match is going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be everything that you're worried about, uh, Jeremy, when it comes to showing you on the first night. You can wipe all that aside because this is going to be your classic high flying, fast paced, sub fifteen minute junior tag team match. And will there be some cheating? Sure, bull clubs in there. Could could El Fantasma sudden death everybody and, and get out of there? Sure. I'm hoping that the sudden death gets exposed. That's you what
2: I, that's what I was going to say. I feel like we're finally going to see the sudden death uh, get exposed. And I agree with you guys. I do think uh, Rocky and Deguchi get the belts because I think. Uh, Eagles is going back to Australia, and Ishimori's right. Flying Tigers is, is a random team that kind of got thrown together because there was nobody else at the moment. So I think that they're, they're kind of out of there. And then it's down between Mega Coaches and Bulls Club's Q's tag team. It's like, do you go back to Bulls Club's Q's tag team? They've been the champs a couple times this past year. Um, it's, I mean, it's a safe bet, but I, I think you need to go. I'd
1: be fine with them being champions again, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a great team, but I think it would be cool to, to give Teguchi that sixty title. Have Mega Coaches do a little run. Um, have Rock, if Rocky's going to be in Japan, have him do you know the golden the golden uh, year series tour as champs. They can drop the belt at the end of the tour, and I think it'd be a good little business.
1: Yeah, this should be this this one should be pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I think Mega, and also like Rocky. I think Rocky's going to be the pin eater the first night, and have to like overcome that on the second night. That's my opinion. Mm. I think he's plus. Didn't he lose to sudden death like earlier this year too? Like he's had it actually multiple times. He's had
3: him multiple. and ELP have this kind of long standing right. back back and forth. Yeah,
1: I think that that's going to kind of come full circle here. I'm hoping so.
3: Yeah i wonder if that comes i wonder if that's how sudden death gets exposed somehow That'd somehow be cool. Ro- rocky's the guy that does it yeah
1: even even if it doesn't well part of me doesn't want it to get exposed because i want it to continue because <laughs> i like it but uh you know i could see rocky being the, like the pin eater the first night and then helping to be like the triumphant like overachiever the second night and you know i don't know if that's a career back step because he's held the jeer titles so many times but like he's helping rock or he's helping uh taguchi to become the 69th champion so like you know there's that trade off i don't know I, I think that they they're a great tag team and like they don't get their just due credit so i mean i'd be happy if they won it
2: yeah maybe you have rocky get the boot off and use it against uh Phantasmo to get the win
1: fuck yeah sure
2: so uh, next match up here we have the stardom showcase tag team match my young
1: boy special I cannot wait my fa- <laughs> this is my most anticipated match of the show
2: sure it is uh, Mayu Watani and Starlight Kid Rasiah Kamatani and Tam Nakano um,
1: yeah this one's gonna be weird because Mayu was under Stars under Starlight Kid the the leader of stars but she defected for uh cyber unit and she's been part of that group. You know, for a while now, and uh, it's gonna be weird. It's like a can they coexist type storyline between those two, and then on the other side, you've got Kamatani and Nakano, and those are basically like your top baby faces in the entire company. So, you know, it's it's gonna be really interesting.
2: Do not take any stardom advice, review uh, <laughs> predictions from Josh. Uh, completely making all that stuff up. Uh, little,
1: definitely- it's little Saya and Big Tam from what I
2: understand. Uh, so these are all four of the, the top women in Stardom right now, all part of four different factions. Also, we've seen Mayo a lot in these dome appearances. She's the, the ace of Stardom. Starlight Kid recent heel turn, part of the Oidotai unit. Uh, Tam Connell somebody that's been pushed a lot this past year as well. Um, so it should be a fun matchup. I have not been following Stardom closely enough this year to say I'm I'm just gonna go with a safe bet and go with go with Mayu and Starlight.
1: Shuri is wrestling. Uh, uh, who's the champion? Utami. Utami, and that's title. That's the, um,
2: the whatever, big title that's match. The,
1: that's the red belt versus the SWA title, right? Yeah. Okay, but they're not involved in this, right? Nope. So I want to see that. They should just put that match on Wrestle Kingdom
2: instead.
1: <laughs> I want to see that match instead.
2: well you know they have to draw for their own shows you know
1: (laughs) it's all the same company it's all bushy road money is money let's (laughs) let's get it popping you know (laughs) rossi hook it up
3: i do think it's cool that this is a not a zero match right i think it's cool that this is on the actual broadcast and i also think it's cool that they didn't just plop it first either they put it second on the card so i think that that is i think that's good business both for new japan and stardom because i think on on new japan's end they've got their guys going out there doing what openers do right with the junior heavyweight tag title match and then stardom gets pushed up the card and and truly on the main card so um i think it's awesome that the there's progress being made to have these companies i guess work closer together yeah
2: so starlight kid was in what group starlight kid was in stars Okay, and, then, and
1: she was like the young girl in the group, right?
2: Right, and then I believe she, she, she lost. And left to o, no, I think Maya lost, lost a match where Starlight sort of like Kid had to go to Oedotai.
1: Oedotai, okay. And then Maya Iwatani is with Star still, right? Yes. Okay, and then, um, so that's kind of like a interesting thing because they're former partners that just recently split. Yeah. What's the deal with, uh, what groups are Saya and Tan part of?
2: Uh, I. Th- it's
1: okay if you don't know.
2: I, like, yeah, I don't. Know. I don't remember off the top of my head.
1: Anyways, four of the best Joshi's out there. They're gonna fucking kill it. And uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Saya and Tam just because Mayu and Starlight are on from opposite teams.
2: All right, sounds good. Let's talk yeah. about the uh, KOPW four way. So the final four X is
1: Wrestling X versus X versus X. So.
2: Yeah, so not not much to...
3: But are any of these X from the Shibata match?
1: Yes, they're
3: related to him. Okay. So, like, lowercase and uppercase.
2: (laughs) X1, X2.
4: (laughs) Uh, Would that an interesting question? So,
3: aren't these all Y, then? If, If that's X see, my math's starting to come back X to me. X Jr. El hijo de
2: X. El Heo day X, Uh We did have an interesting question here from Raisin Falcons. Is if all three of you were having a triple threat Wrestling Kingdom for the KLPW Trophy, what would the match type be, and who would win?
1: I don't know. If it was uh, real wrestling, then I win because I'm the only one who knows how to really wrestle.
3: <laughs> I-, I don't the know. Real- the real what thing you, you don't know anything about me. <laughs>
1: I don't, but I just assume based off of my own knowledge
3: of myself. <laughs> oh, I can throw down <laughs> as long as there's. If there's strikes, I can get you. All
1: right. So what? At, hey, I've been training. You don't even know. I've been training. I know. I, I know should, you're. You I know see you're,
3: the boxing gym in my basement.
1: You're, I know you're on that fight camp, but uh, you know, hey
3: man, I can throw a right. Maybe a left.
1: I, I fucked up my elbow actually the other day. I don't I don't know what's
3: see, going. now I know where to target. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, okay, if you guys have one specialty match and it's a three way and it's us, what would your specialty match be?
2: Brawl for all. I mean, okay. I'm going amateur wrestling rules. I mean, dust, okay, it, dust and, off my uh, high school wrestling shoes and get at it.
1: Okay, and I'm going with the all you can eat pizza eating contest.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: I can throw down on that too. I bet you can, but I... so
2: I, are, are we doing every two minutes? We have to eat a slice, then so we go oh. back in and wrestle, come out, two minutes, eat another slice.
3: That's gonna no, win the
1: poll. No, no there's sure. no, there's no physical contact. It's just eating pizza as much as you can within a certain time frame.
4: Mm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I needed to ensure my victory. <laughs> plus i don't want to be conflicted you know uh, i mean if it was mma could i thrash you guys yes but like i don't want to do that to friends you know so let's all enjoy some
3: pizza (laughs) i'm so offended (laughs) i know i'm like the nerdy stats guy but like i can go no i'm
1: talking shit with no like (laughs) no actual knowledge whether i could beat you guys up at all
2: I think we'd have uh, Chris versus Josh night one, then the winner faces, faces me on night two. Mm. Uh,
1: if okay, if I fight Chris, it's only wrestling rules only. If I fight uh, no Jeremy, it's striking only.
3: <laughs> oh man!
1: Right. I don't want to fight you guys.
3: <laughs> I kind of want to fight you now. <laughs> Let's oh go. man! Next time we're Let's in go Chicago, down to side it's on. Dojo. <laughs> Let's get after. But we it. don't,
1: but we don't fight inside. Uh, well, sometimes we do do shoots there, I guess.
3: Let's see, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chris oh, is gonna roll up <laughs> the next uh, showcase. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, we have the never open weight six man tag team title match: House of Torture, the Champs Evil Show, and Newdro defending against the Chaos Team of Hiroki Goto, Yo, and Yoshihashi.
1: Oh, we just like completely moved on. Like we don't, we're not even predicting who's going to win the KOPW title.
2: Uh, I mean, it's hard to predict when we
3: don't know for sure who the four guys are going to be.
1: All right, are, are you pro Yano or are you ne Yano? I,
3: think I mean, I guess that's question. that's the thing. That's the question. Is like, is it Yano or is it not?
2: I'm going Yano just to be safe.
3: I think they'll
1: start I'm going it against Yano.
3: Yeah, I think they'll start it with somebody different this year. I do too. He lost it in the middle of this year, right? Yeah, he yeah. lost the Chase. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sure did.
2: <laughs> could be anybody. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Chase starts of off. Maybe Chase starts off with the KLPW. I,
1: How do you know it won't be Scott, Scott Flash Norton? You
3: don't know. <laughs> 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 the world famous CB. Yeah,
2: could be. Yeah, good old cheeseburger.
3: What, I mean, what, what do those guys Yo- have going on?
1: <laughs> Yo- Yoshiaki Fujiwara could be the new champion. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, Naoki Sano could come out of retirement. He looked really good. Just he two did. Years he looked really good.
2: I'll yeah. be down for Sano doing some more dives. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the let's talk about a real match that really matters. <laughs> the six man never open weight tag team
3: titles. Yes. Hey, those are revitalized titles.
1: Not anymore, they're not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and they are inside of the held walls of Corkin Hall.
2: <laughs> so, what are we thinking here guys? House of Torture are they retaining or will chaos can uh, get a
3: get a big win here. I kind of hope they retain cuz that keeps them busy.
1: I think I think they're going to retain and I'm hoping like Evil lost the first night and then loses or and he can just win here, it's fine.
2: Yeah, I think they'll retain. I think Goto Yo and Yoshihashi is such a weird unit, like if Ishii was in this match, I think maybe you could have said, alright, flip it back to those three, I don't see them going with Goto, Yo, and Yoshihashi going forward, we're still in the middle of this House of Torture push whatever they're doing here, so yeah, I'm going with uh, House of Torture retaining here
1: But if we do that, we almost all said Show was going to win, so we're thinking Yo's losing back-to-back nights in the dome yes. just for the record Yo's a geek <laughs> <laughs> I've somehow swayed Jeremy over to my side on this whole yo.
2: Yo is a hoe.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, Karen.
1: This has not said anything.
3: I... How do you reply to that? I don't know anything about this man's personal life.
1: You can tell. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just joking.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
1: All right, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really inconsequential one way or the other. But like, it feels like they just got the belts. You know, I don't, I don't see. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think Go to. Well, here is the only thing. Yeah, I think Go to and Yoshihashi are going to win their belts the night before. I think that Evil's going to lose the night before. So it just makes the most sense that Evil retains his belt. You know.
3: Right. Yeah. Evil doesn't win that much though I know people are real down on evil as a as an existence um, in New Japan but like he doesn't win big matches a lot like that's the story is that he nobody wants him to win the big matches and he doesn't Um, but I'd also wouldn't shock me and I don't think anyone would think twice about him holding both never titles. Like I don't think that's something that they would try to avoid, so he could certainly win both, and that would position them a certain way, I guess. Yeah,
2: we had a question here from Rambo and Slam Pig it says, "How is Evil booked for both January fourth and fifth, while Naito, Osprey, Ishi, Tanahashi, either Shingo or Cotter only wrestling once." are there any metrics or, on whether Evil is actually over with the Japan Japanese fans because he has go-away heat with the Western audience?
3: Well, I don't know about those metrics, but in 2021, only one person in New Japan wrestled more matches than Evil, and that was Sonata. So Sonata wrestled in 133 matches, and Evil was in 127. So, you know, Evil's overall winning percentage um, was only Four eighty eight. So he's basically 500 on the year. So again, he doesn't win a lot. His matches actually are pretty short when it comes down to it too. Like, so the house of torture matches, um, I know they they get kind of panned uh, as being, you know, these super long matches that all of a sudden have a run in or, you know, whatever it may be. So his, of, of the top, I guess, three or four guys, he's, he has by far the shortest, uh, total match length. So, Those are the metrics that I know. Um, He wrestles a lot and he was on a lot of shows. So I don't know if that means, you know, I don't know what that means to New Japan. Um, It's got to mean something, but, um, you know, as for them being over with the Japanese crowd one way or another, you know, I see more House of Torture shirts in the crowd uh, when I'm watching these shows than I would typically anticipate just based on, the reactions that the group gets so um
1: dictogo pays people to wear those shirts bro
3: <laughs> well that's a strategy um <laughs> that is that is a strategy just how you know tony khan buys all the tickets to all their shows so i mean you know you gotta do what you gotta do get something over mm-hmm. yeah so yeah right well um,
1: long-term strategy play the more people that are in the audience the better it looks on camera the more likely is to get a lucrative TV deal. Everybody knows this. (laughs) He's investing in himself.
3: Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think that's all I have to say about evil and why he's on both. I mean, he's on both nights because his style of wrestling also allows him to wrestle a lot or be in a lot of matches because it isn't intensely physical. I mean, like whoever, you know, if it's Okada doing two nights, Right, like that's really hard. Two main events at Tokyo Dome, and think about Kodobushi's you know Tokyo Dome run last year. Like, what an incredible feat that was! Yeah, and then you know, you think about I guess Okada or Shingo doing the same thing this year, and either one of their styles, wrestling two nights in a row, is really really hard. So, um, you know, and, and Tanahashi, if you're adding him kind of to that list, like. I, he's got one one great match in him and, and i don't think he's got two nights in a row in him right now just based on what i'm seeing on these row two shows now i don't think we've seen the last of peak tanahashi by any means but right now like he he had the fourth most matches in new japan last year and that is not the place that he should be right like a, he, a guy like tanahashi should not wrestle 122 times in an in a year like right. he should be yeah. featured featured more and he should build big stories. And, you know, a lot of those are tags obviously, but still, I mean, that's a lot of travel. It's a lot of getting in the ring. It's a lot of being places. So, um, you know, he's kind of one the, the guy at the top of that particular list. That's kind of like, not like the others in the sense of his age and his, you know, the, the miles on his body. Yeah. But-
1: I'm not, I'm, I'm not too worried about some of this. Osprey is actually in two matches. Just for the record, the question mm. made it sound like he was only in one. The other guys mentioned Naito, Ishii, and Tanahashi. Think about how old they are. Think about how many miles they have in their bodies. You know what I mean? Well, N- Naito's too,
2: also in two matches. He's in that preview.
1: That's right. He's in a preview match, too. So, I mean, it's not as much as uh, Rainbow Slam Pig made it seem to be. The other thing, too, is like Evil is already, he's a title holder. So, he's got to defend his title. He's also in a singles match. So, I mean, it's fine. I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean,
3: this well, is... A lot. it looks like a lot of these guys are in six-man tags. Right. Right? Because that's what the evil match on the second night is. Six-man tag, even though it's a title right. match. So, it's got a little more weight to it. Um, that was but, gonna be my exact point, literally. Yeah. I
1: was like, it's basically another quote-unquote preview match just happening the next night. And there's a title attached to it. So, it seems more prestigious, more important. But it and it is it, but only by a half measure. It's not that different from what's going on on the first night with some of these other guys' matches, like you mentioned.
2: Yeah, like I was saying earlier, I feel like they would. This would have should have been Jay versus Ishi here if Jay would have gone to the gone to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, we don't even
3: know if he was. Invited. Well, they already did. They already ran that. That's how Ishi got the title. Well, I'm saying. I yeah. think. I think they would have done. Oh, you think
2: they would have waited? They would have waited to do it mm-hmm. at Wrestling
3: Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, they just use those American shows to get their titles back to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brilliant,
2: really. Yeah. So up next, we have a singles match between Sonata and The Great O'Con.
1: Two things I will say. Um, number one, one of the big takeaways I got from the Road to Shows that I saw, Sonata versus Great Okan might actually be really good.
4: It's going to be awesome.
1: Based on the interactions they had during the. Now, here's the thing. I've always said Sonata is a better tag wrestler than he is a singles wrestler. So there are times where I get really invested in him in these tag builds, and then he doesn't really perform at the level that I know he can in the singles matches. So I'll throw that out there. But based on how they were wrestling with each other during the, the Road to Shows, I feel like this match could be pretty good, um, which, you know, a lot of people have detract uh, there's a lot of detractors for both Sonata and Great O'Conn you know what I mean um the other thing too is I thought that the press conference was very interesting between Sonata and Great O'Conn and um Sonata during press conferences is awesome every time he does a press conference he comes out dressed to the nines he has like very sharp and quippy type of things to say and I'm like why isn't this guy presented why is he presented as this vanilla bland mute character uh great O'Con even called him a mute during the uh press conference like sonata was a uh, um praising great okan on his uh individuality and his like style you know his fashion sense and yada yada and he was like but i've got a gift for you and he presented some magazine that sonata was on the front cover of and it was called gift magazine and it had him uh in a suit and it was very glossy it looked like a like a legit I don't know, some sort of style fashion magazine in Japan that he must have graced the cover of. And uh Okan like fucking ripped it up <laughs> <laughs> and said like he's like literally like, you know, this guy's a mute and like suddenly he wants to like you know get cute with me, blah blah blah. So I'm like, I don't know. Sonata Sonata if if he was presented the way that he is during the press conferences, he's a guy I could actually get behind. But um this match is gonna be good, you know? I I, I know last year we had Questions about great Ocon and, you know, Sonata hasn't had the hottest year, you know, he's far cry from the G1 winner or, you know, uh, runner up that he was, you know, a year or two ago. But um, I, I think in a certain sense, this is a little bit of a crossroads match. I think it's an important match for both of them on this stage, but um, I think it's going to be good. I've got more faith in this than the show. Yo match just for some context. I think it's going to be very good. And I think I'm going with Ocon.
2: Yeah, so both these guys have great grappling. Uh, I think people underestimate Sonata's grappling as well as great Okan's. And...
1: I think that's what I think that's why I'm bought into it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think these guys will have, you know, we've seen like Sonata and like Osprey and Sonata and Saber, because kind of the grappling and awesome that happens there. So I think we'll see some of that there. And we know Okan did his Excursion in Rev Pro. It's not it has history as a, uh, you know, Rev Pro uh, challenger. And so I think that this could be, um, uh, a match that really suits both of their strengths and can highlight both guys here.
3: Yeah. Cool thing about this match is it's actually the two wrestlers in new Japan with the most overall victories, Mm. um, last year. So Okan had 86, uh, and Sonata had 80. So, um, kind of a need, probably not on purpose by any means, but maybe, um, subconsciously that is that's a way that they've both been really strong i know that neither of them really had a big singles push or singles success last uh last last year but um a lot of success in in the ring either way so um i know you know I, i watched back the um kodobushi j white main event from last year's tokyo dome um earlier today And I had completely forgotten that Sonata was the guy who came out at the end of that. Mm, And I think that that kind of says a lot about the way the rest of Sonata's year went. Um, you know, he kinda got wrapped up in the tag division, but not I mean, with with Naito and all that, and that that was that was a good run, but it wasn't really long or defining by any means. And then he had a kind of Plaza G one. So Um, I'm curious to see who comes out on top here I think if I had to bet I would think um, United Empire is going to get a lot of key wins on this particular night leading up to the main event with Will Osprey in it so I would bet I'm going to bet on Ocon uh, winning this particular match.
2: I would want Okan to win, but something is telling me that Sonata is going to win just because he is a former G1 finalist and has challenged for the IWGB title so many times. And I do think Okan needs a big win. They've, they've kind of failed to follow up on momentum of him when he gets big wins, like when he beat Naito uh, this, this year. But I just feel like they've invested so much in Sonata that I, I could see him getting the win here.
1: That would make sense. I mean, he's sort of like I uh, I don't want to say a company guy. He didn't come through the dojo, but I mean, he's been there for so long. You know, oftentimes the more established guy is the one that gets the win.
2: Yeah. Oh, I had a question here from Hawaii Punch B V says, if Sonata was in another pre company, do you see him being the top champion for that company? There's always those rumors that his end goal is to be the WWE. If he was in the WWE, how bad do you think he'd fail? I'm asking these questions about Sonata because, Recently, his rival Kai became Open the Dream Gate champion. It got me thinking about Sonata's career.
1: I don't know. The whole thing with Sonata's career is it's a big can of worms, but uh, we've seen him in other places. We've seen him in um, All Japan, and we saw him in, uh, I believe it was Zero One and everything yeah, 01. like that. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's not like he has, uh, even in TNA, you know. So, I mean, we've kind of seen him through the years. Uh, do I think he could be a top guy or top champions elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, he's got the look, he's got the skill, the talent, the presence, the one big drawback is, his charisma and his, you know, um, talking ability. And even those things might, I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe they're downplayed a little bit, maybe kind of muted and could be accentuated, you know, to be better. Who knows? Um, I don't know about the whole WWE thing. I know it's been brought up in the past, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I think most guys that are top guys in New Japan could probably be top guys elsewhere. That's just kind of my feeling.
3: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Anyone anyone who's main evented for New Japan, uh could probably take the ball and run with it and pretty much anywhere else. So whether or not they were the top guy in New Japan, right? Like Sonata's he doesn't win a lot of these main events that he's that he ends up in, but um he's totally capable of being in those main events. Definitely
2: agree with both of you guys. So let's move on to our next matchup here. Special singles match with Tetsuya Naito taking on the Imperial unit, Jeff Cobb.
1: I have a little concern. Um, I think the preview matches have been great. I think the post-match segments have been great from an in-ring standpoint. Everything's been awesome. Some of the, um, interactions during the press conference were like a little too familiar for my taste and kind of reminded me of like what we don't like about jeff cobb in the past like he's too docile too friendly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that kind that's kind of how it seemed during the press conference like he didn't seem like jeff cobb the imperial unit he seemed like jeff cobb you know the aloha good good times like you know Kind of chill bro type of dude, and like I'm like I don't want to see him. I want to see the 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 fucking killer that ran through the G1. I'm sure he'll turn on 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 the day of the show though. You know, mm-hmm. um, Naito always say as you will about him. I can't remember a time where he hasn't delivered in the dome. You know, and Cobb is just on an upward trajectory right now. This is kind of a crossroads match for both of them in a certain sense. Uh, Nice to talk during the press conference about how, like, this past year wasn't a great year for him. He didn't have a lot of great big wins. He wasn't sort of in the limelight, you know. Uh, He was kind of on the back burner the whole year. And if he were to lose and not take a step forward going into 2022, he starts to become irrelevant. And he can't really have that happen. His goal, he said, for next year is to be in the main event of the Tokyo Dome in 2023. And in order for that to happen, he has to have a phenomenal... Year in 2022, and he said he has to turn Jeff Cobb into a stepping stone. On the same token, Jeff Cobb kind of needs that big signature win over a top star outside of a G1 on a main stage like this. So, you know, this is kind of that match that gives me those those like future IWGP World Championship title challenger de facto you know um, normal contender type of uh, feels, and I feel like it's going to be very good. You know, I know maybe some people are kind of underplaying it because it's Naito and he's, you know, on the downside and he's had health issues and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I just get the feeling like that Cobb's on a different level right now. Naito's probably revitalized because it's the dome and they both got something to prove. I've, I've got a feeling that this is also going to over deliver, just like I feel that way about Sonata and uh, Great Ocon. I think I'm going with Naito on this one. I think I don't know. Maybe I should go. Maybe I should go Cobb. Like, but I—that's what I want to have happen. But I don't know if it's going. This—this this is one where I'm really. Fu- what do you guys think? I'm really torn on this one.
3: So I think Cobb wins because I think Okan's winning the 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 match right before it, and I think that we saw United Empire lose everything last year. And the build-up to the main event of this match of this they show. Won,
1: they won everything going into the main is event. Is that they're
3: they you know they'll they'll win their tag match the night before, Cobb wins, Brado Khan wins.
1: Clean sweep is on the table.
3: And clean sweep is on the table. Now wow. It's on the table, right? Right, is right. It, it's on the
1: table. Is right not gonna so that, happen.
3: We don't know. Exactly. We don't know. It, the real story though is if Shingo somehow wins night one then all the singles matches on night two are... Well, not all the singles matches, but all the United Empire singles matches are also United Empire LIJ singles matches, Mm. which then adds another wrinkle if that happens to be the case. Now, Mm. we already dissected that, right? Like, we're we're all pretty sure that that's not going to be the case. But if it is, it's even another wrinkle that you would say, well, your understudies both won. So you would think that the cards are in the favor of will osprey going into the main event right because what i think what they need to do though is create this reason that will Osprey's the favorite going into that match because i think ultimately people are going to be believing that he's going to lose because i think the opponent the likely opponent's okada and everyone thinks he's kind of the heir apparent right now so there's a lot there's a lot to that, but I think the the turnaround of the United Empire at Wrestle Kingdom is a story worth telling. And then it does plant this seed of doubt that Will Ospreay is gonna end this whole thing as the the champion, the actual champion.
2: Yeah, I, I love that booking and I also think that Cobb is going to win also like you, Josh, I do think it's going to be a de facto number one contender match. And, you know, if us thinking Okada is going to win it all, I, we know the history between Okada and Cobb. I think that would be a great first challenger for uh, Okada at the first big show for 2022 after Wrestle them.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, the thing is, like, part of me just feels like Naito should go over Cobb in the dome. Mm-hmm. Just because, like we talked about, sometimes the more established guy wins, right. you know. But is night like Naito's maybe too big of a name to be the next title challenger at, say, Golden Series or even New Beginning? You know what I mean, right? Yeah.
3: Not so yet. That, if especially if Okada's the champion, right. Naito's not the first challenger. Right. They're saving that down the or
1: line. Or even if he was, you'd want to do it in, like, a Budokan Hall or Sumo Hall or something.
3: Well, they've got Budokan, Budokan for... New Japan Cup. That? New Japan... Well, Anniversary Show, too. Right. So Right. And that, but they're not... But that's a, a different title defense there.
1: Right. I think you guys might have sold me. I'll go with Cobb. Plus, like, they're really investing in him heavily. I mean, yeah. just look at SG1, so that be, but uh, man, that'd be such a big deal for him to beat Naito. Like, it, there's a part of me that finds it hard for to think Naito's going to lose a singles match to Cobb in the
4: Tokyo <laughs> Dome.
1: So, uh, this is that's one where, like, I'll ride with you guys, but I, I don't feel confident at all, one way or the other. Like, that's that's one where I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. Then our semi-main event for this evening is the IWGP US heavyweight title no disqualification match. The champion Kenta will defend against the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi.
1: Um, So we've seen Tanahashi and Kenta have several matches over the past few years. Um, The matches are always good to great. They've never, in my opinion, truly bad match. And in fact, the last match they had that I recall was really awesome. You know, so um, looking forward to this, um, you know, the build's been eh, you know, here and there. I think that they've kind of made up for it a bit during this uh, Road to Tokyo Dome series. You know, they laid out Tanahashi on the chairs and everything like that. And like you guys mentioned, there's a story where Ken Tanahashi get down and dirty with a cheater like uh, Kenta, you know, and the no DQ stipulation is on the line. So how is that going to play into things it kind of remains to be seen plus you know traditionally you think about like a no dq match you think about like naito and jericho in the dome and they were able to kind of like go into the crowd and some of those um parameters they're not going to be in play just based on covid and everything like that so i'm wondering how they get to utilize the no dq rule what what areas can be in play what areas will not be in play it's hard to say but um again another 50 50 i think tanahashi might pick up the win here though uh but i mean i don't know nothing's for certain it is really hard to say i mean tanahashi's been looking like he's he might have needed to have taken off world tag league and he didn't and it like his physical presence doesn't seem to be at where we're used to it being as far as like his uh just fitness and, and you know, uh, cosmetics and everything like that. He's kind of moving around a little rougher than usual. Kenta hasn't been around as much. I'm also kind of wondering whether the Kenta-Noah connection and everything like that is going to have any role to play in this match. Um, but, I mean, could I see Kenta retaining? Sure. Do I think Tanahashi having a feel-good moment in the Dome, winning the Red Belt again could make some sense going into the 50th anniversary. Yeah, I do. So I'm just going to hedge my bets and say Tanahashi because I think it's safer, but I I don't really know. I I think the match is going to be good though, because it's not just the same match we've seen time and time again, it's no DQ and it. That is a wrinkle to the feud that they've had. So it it does add, you know, it adds an extra element. Plus it's the semi main event. So I think it's going to be awesome.
3: Yeah, I I mean I agree with all that. I think this match is going to be really good. I don't think this is one that a lot of people are flagging as like the match that they're most looking forward to, but coming out of it, I think it's going to be a match that people talk about. Um as for the winner, I, it's it is a coin toss. Um I I could see I could see the reasoning for I guess the the four singles champions to all be baby faces coming into this fiftieth year and those are kind of easier stories to tell as you as you really kind of relaunch things. So you know that would mean Tanahashi would win, Okada would win, um you could have Ishii retain and um I you know despi or Hiromu I guess could either fit that kind of fan favorite. But right. so uh, you know part of me thinks that that's where we're headed. We're headed towards um, a lot of feel good, and that would mean that would mean Tanahashi winning this, and and like finally after even half the match or three quarters of the match, like finally having that moment where he he does something, you know, a little nefarious to um, kind of turn the tide against Kenta, and I think that that's that's the moment, and everyone will be excited for it, and then Tanahashi very potentially comes out on top.
4: Yeah,
2: I I feel like so much of this build has been Tanahashi getting jumped and not being able to handle the no DQ rule. So I think we'll see like Tanahashi kind of embrace the no DQ and uh, kind of surprise people and get one up over on Kenta. So I, I like Tanahashi going in to the 50th year as U.S. champion, especially. There's been so much that they've teased with. Tanahashi being the guy in the Forbidden Door and doing some stuff in AEW. And I'll see uh, Mox is still in, in recovery right now, but there's a, there is that Moxley match down the road that they've um, been hinting at and building to. So I, I could see them wanting to get the red belt back on Tanahashi so eventually he can go back to AEW, have that Mox match, and maybe do some other. You know, we don't know what US pay per views are going to do this year. We saw two this last year with Resurgence and Battle in the Valley. If they're doing some other stuff, Tanahashi would be a great guy to, to send over again to, to headline those shows. So with that, let's move on to the main, main event, the IWGV World Heavyweight title. We have the winner of...
1: Before we talk about that, I did want to point one last thing out. I forgot to mention this. Um, during the um, press conference, um, Yujiro Takahashi's Like comments on the Never six-man trio from um, Chaos was just fucking incredible. Uh, He was talking about how Yoshihashi said that when he won the Never titles that he was going to defend them forever. And obviously he's not because he's challenging for them again. (laughs) And he said, you need to apologize to everybody in this building and to everyone in this business. (laughs) (laughs) And then he told Goto, that Goto probably makes up the stupid uh, tag team uh, maneuver names that he comes up with for him and um, for him and uh, Yoshihashi and that they're stupid and they don't make any sense and he needs to just walk away from the sport
2: <laughs> damn
1: so uh, yeah I, I didn't want to continue on without you know addressing that <laughs> <laughs> that Yoshihashi is fucking or uh, Yujiro Takahashi is like incredible on the mic <laughs>
2: Well, so our main event here for night two IWG world title. We're all, we're all thinking it's going to be Okada that's winning night one. Okada versus Osprey here, and I think we're all going with Okada, right?
3: I don't think there's a zero <sighs> chance that Osprey leaves as the champion, right? I, I I I do think that there is the possibility of that happening, but I think if I if you're if you're making me pick um and predict I'm predicting that Okada goes through. I think that's the the clearest the clearest path. But I do think I, I if I'm ranking the 3, I think it's Okada, Osprey, Shingo. Like those are that's the order I would put them in for likelihood to walk out of January 5th as the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion.
1: Well, we've kind of talked exhaustively about Shingo and Okada, but let's shift the focus over to will for a moment you know uh his whole entire argument is that he never lost the title he was stripped and he didn't feel that he was rightfully or just fully stripped of the title when you kind of compare other similar circumstances like the john moxley situation which i think he's got a point there you know um and then when you kind of look at the different stories that he has going back and forth with shingo it's interesting with shingo he seems to have shingo's number He's beaten him in every major encounter they've ever had. And so that would kind of be a situation where, like, can he do it again against Shingo after Shingo has tasted the title, after he's been the guy carrying the promotion, as he's kind of transcended that never bruiser type type of role and kind of become the man in the company. You know, that's a different it, it, it puts them both on different platitudes than they've been in the past with Okada, it's a whole different story. He's never beaten Okada in a fair major singles match. Like, yes, he did beat him in the G1, but he cheated. And prior to that, he had never defeated him. And then last year in the Dome, he didn't defeat Okada. And Okada has beaten him in every single major singles encounter they've ever had. And he was his big brother and his mentor and all that sort of stuff from chaos. You know, the defection it's always kind of seems like at some point Shingo is going to get the comeuppance on Will. Likewise, it seems at some point Will's going to get the comeuppance on, on um, Okada. And I don't know if this moment, this night is going to be the culmination of either of those two stories. You know Um, if Okada were to beat Will, once again, it's just a continuation of like, LOL Okada wins, you know, Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to say, and I wonder how the company has kind of taken, you know, I don't want to rehash old history, but everything that happened with Will when he was champion and, you know, his decision to go home. And it seems like that's kind of water on the bridge, but, you know, I don't know if they're going to trust him going into the 50th anniversary. as like the guy to carry the company, to carry the belt with the history of neck issues, and he went home. And he didn't come back for G1. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It seems to me like he'll probably lose no matter who it is.
2: Right. It seems like a kind of a, a risky booking decision to put the belt on Osprey right now just because of the whole code situation and I don't know exactly what his plans are. If he's staying after Wrestle Kingdom, if he's going back to the UK doing some stuff in the States, who knows exactly what he's going to do so I think you need it on a domestic guy somebody's going to be there uh, no matter what so I think it's it's really down to Shingo or Okada who's going to walk out with both uh, as the undisputed champion and I think it's going to be Okada
3: so Osprey hasn't lost a singles match since last year's Wrestle Kingdom to Okada like anywhere so I don't know there's something to that mm-hmm. and, and it, like you guys were saying it could be the continuance of will can't beat okada clean or or in the dome and i think that, that that's the big story is will beating okada clean in the dome um and i but I, I don't think this is the moment for that i don't think will's hot enough for that right now so maybe after a big g1 i don't know I, I think I think there's something, there's there's more story to be told, and I think the end result is will finally getting a big win over Okada, but I don't think that the timing is right to do that now.
2: Yeah, and we did have a statement here from Reddit user Pussy Destroyer eight three six one nine says I want to plead my yeah. case on why. Whoa,
1: Os- whoa, 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 Hold on. When your name is Pussy Destroyer, you don't plead for anything, okay? You don't plead your case when your name is Pussy Destroyer. I just want to throw that out there.
2: Well, they say, I want to plead my case on why Osprey won't win Wrestle Kingdom. There's a pattern forming around double night Wrestle Kingdoms, and it's if X wrestler is fighting Y wrestler, the winner will face off for Z wrestler on night two on Wrestle Kingdom, then Z wrestler on night two never wins. In Wrestle Kingdom, Osprey is Z wrestler in this scenario. Hiromu beat ELP night one Wrestle Kingdom 15, that went on to beat a fresh is- Ishimori on night two. Mox beat Archer on Night 1, Wrestling Kingdom the 14, then beat a fresh Robinson, Night 2, Wrestling Kingdom 14. Ibushi beat Night 2, Kingdom 15, Night 1, then beat a fresh Jay White, Wrestling Kingdom night 15, Night 2. Hiromu beat Osprey Wrestling Kingdom 14, Night 1, then went on to beat a fresh Liger in a tag match on Night 2, Wrestling Kingdom 14. There's a pattern here, and it hasn't been proven wrong yet. Whoever wins between Okada and Shingo will go on to beat Osprey at Night 2, or Kingdom 16. It's simple science, guys.
3: Didn't Juice Robinson wrestle in the tag championship match?
2: Yes, and also Liger had a match his first night, too. Yeah. So it's a little spotty here, but I I see what he's getting at.
3: little less fresh, though. (laughs) There
1: there, there is something we... Okay, so like in finance, you know, when people are considering different types of, you know, funds to move into, we have to show them the fund history, how it's performed over... A certain uh, course of time. And we always tell people these are good metrics to look at so you can see patterns and study them, but they don't guarantee future success. You know, just because something has behaved a certain way in the past, it is a fallacy to believe it will always be that way in the future. So I'm, I'm not saying that this is wrong, but to believe just because no one has been the, the challenger on the night two and then one that it won't ever happen. I mean, that's not true, especially since it's Will Ospreay and he's a former champion and he's undefeated over the course of the year. Could he win? As Especially since this company doesn't really have a top-defined heel right now. Jay White's not even in the country. They might want to establish a top heel for this company. And if they did, Will Ospreay's probably the guy to do it with, you know, depending on how much trust they have in him. So, I, I mean, I. I like this uh, train of thinking, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the way it actually happens.
3: Right. Yeah, I was going to say this is all true. Like, there's no, there's no debating it. But that's actually more of a reason for me to believe that they Will Ospreay that yeah, that Will Osprey could win. Right. Right. Me too. Because otherwise, honestly, we've got the same scenario that we did last year. Right.
1: But then there's also the fact that they've given us the same double title picture on double nights three years in a row. There are trends. (laughs) (laughs) They might just just give us the happy ending again. (laughs) So I don't know.
2: The happy ending is Shingo winning. (laughs) The
1: the one thing that does give me a little bit pause for Osprey, uh, aside from some of the other things we mentioned he's not involved with Night 3 Wrestle Kingdom which I get why it's kind of more of a domestic show but if he was going to win, wouldn't you want your world champion to be involved with the big cross promotional show on some level? And he's not, as far as we know. So I don't know how good of a look that would be to not have the world champion on the Noah show at all. Right. So that's that's another thing. I, I you know I, I think we've played around with it enough. My you know my final thing is I think Okada's sweeping this now. Here's my. Here, um, I haven't since we've been doing the show, and even going back to prior to prior to the show, going back to like uh, the year prior when I started doing podcasting, I've never been wrong about the winner of the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I would be happy. I'd be happy to be wrong this year. I would love it if they did something different and did not go with Okada and went with Shingo or went with Osprey. I think that'd be so cool. But I think they're just going to go with Okada again.
2: Yeah. Then uh, last question here to wrap things up. Uh, Don one one says, any bold predictions for the Sheer Wrestle Kingdoms?
1: Uh, I got one.
3: Hmm.
1: Night two is going to be better than night one.
3: Is that bold?
1: I think it is. A lot of people, like almost every group I've seen, every discussion board, every post, everyone thinks night one is going to be the better night. Like a uh, lot.
3: Night night one's pretty strong. People are very
1: high on it, and I
3: get Mm -hmm. why they are. Mm -hmm.
1: I do. But, man, when I look at night two and I just start thinking about the possibilities, about the flow of the show, and, you know, you got the women's a match, you got that junior uh, triple threat, and then you got the KOPW that's going to, like, break it up in the middle. Like, I I don't know. I just feel like with the four singles matches back to back to back at the top of the card and the possibility of how good they're going to be, I I think this is going to be a better night than night one.
3: The top of night two looks great. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But people aren't giving credit to those uh, two special singles matches because I don't think they're as high on those matchups as they are as, say, like the Shibata match or the Jir title match, and I get why. But I think when when everything's, you know, said and done – this will be the, the higher quality show when it comes to actual match star ratings and uh, you know, all that sort of thing. I think it's going to be a better show and I think it's going to flow better, honestly.
3: Mm. Uh, bold prediction. People are going to love these shows. And I, I think that <laughs> um, I think that's a bold prediction because you know, the, the trendy thing right now is to not like new Japan um. And I, I know everyone's got their reasons for how they feel or, or whatever, but I, I, I do think that these shows are going to generate positive buzz for New Japan. And, and that's the same thing Wrestle Kingdom did last year. La- last year's Wrestle Kingdom shows, even with limited capacity and wacky booking and all this stuff, they reestablished some faith in, in, with some of the fan base. And I think that that's what Wrestle Kingdom is going to do again this year. Nice.
2: For me, a uh, bold prediction, I think that Jeff Cobb versus Naito is going to be one of the most talked-about matches of the weekend. Not saying it's going to get the highest star rating. It might not be the best match, but I feel like it's going to be the match. that gets a lot of buzz. Like last year, like Shingo and Cobb, um, a lot of people might say that was the best match, but I thought like that match got a lot of buzz, even though some people might have liked the main events better. So I feel right. I feel like Cobb and Naito is going to be that match where some people are putting it up against the main events and it gets a lot of buzz.
1: Um, I don't know that I have any other like uh, outlandish or you know hot takes or anything like that. I think the show is um, I thought we did a good job breaking it down. I think it's very much what you see is what you get for the most part. There might be some surprises and some fun stuff. But, you know, top to bottom, I, I don't see anything here that's going to, um, you know, I, I can't think of anything outside the box. I, I'm sure there will be stuff outside the box that we're not thinking of, but, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm not bold enough to say anything else other than I think night two is going to be better.
2: <laughs> well, that's night one and two. We are at three hours and 15 minutes. I don't think we have time to do a full match by match for Dude, night we, three
1: we, we were never gonna do one for night three right I don't fuck about that
2: show and i don't yeah i don't think we're educated <laughs> y'all enough can enough.
3: handle that next week <laughs> that's still t- almost two weeks out
2: yeah the one the one thing i we should do Chris, i just want to get your thoughts on night three a lot of people have been disappointed on yeah. the lack of singles matches and due to the build of it seemed like we're gonna all these rematches what are your thoughts real quick on uh night three
3: yeah, of course, I was super hopeful that we were going to see some like really marquee singles matches. Um, you know, if if I was putting it together, you know, I would have done I would have done three or four really key singles matches and, and really make something out of this. But that was never going to happen. Right. Like I did think we'd get one like one marquee singles match that was like maybe not even the main event but like the semi-main that um would would mean something right or like build to something or build to whatever this relationship is gonna look like going forward and and for all we know it's nothing right but um you know it, it it's a little bit of a shame that we didn't get that I still like to see these guys mix it up. I'm still going to have a good time watching the show. I'm still curious to see if it's going to build towards something more. I mean, we've already got Kent is showing up in, in Noah. Um, and then also wrestling on the new year's day show. And then, you know, you, you've got to figure there, there may be some just like very brief, even single person, you know, in a tournament, right? Maybe it's the best of Super Juniors gets a little freshened up with some domestic talent from other companies. Like, that's the tournament that I think needs it the most. But maybe you'll see something, some big, long build that puts someone like, you know, even Shizaki or Kato Kiyomiya or even Muto or someone just showing up on New Japan stuff again, right? And that Maybe it's not like in the U S where these doors are kicked wide open, but maybe we see some of these guys do a tournament or do a tour or, um, you know, maybe the door is not completely shut to that type of thing. So um, I will be watching for, I guess the, the seeds to be planted towards more, but otherwise, you know, who doesn't love a good, just a bunch of fresh guys mixing it up with each other. It's going to be, fun and kind of cool and you know i'm i'm looking forward to it um but I, i i my wrestling enjoyment and the reason i like new japan is because most of what they do has a lot of stakes right like something they're fighting for something and you know a show with nothing to fight for when it comes down to it besides i guess like new japan pride um of course that's gonna go a little bit lower on my on my um excitement list but i'll still uh i'll probably still wake up early and watch it because that's what i do
2: <laughs> nice yeah i think josh and I would kind of give our our thoughts on that card so i don't think we need to read yeah i ripped again. to
1: bits last week because it deserved <laughs> to be ripped to bits i don't think i was off base in any respect because they told us dream matches we did not get dream matches and I, I still, I, I, don't even know if this podcast is decided as to how we're going to handle this next week because I don't want to pay to watch this, and then and all that, like.
2: Yeah, we, we gotta I'm figure like, out when should we, we're. Should we,
1: we just wait until it comes out of the new <laughs> Japan world? Since it seems so inconsequential, anyways. Yeah. I'll, I'll. Here's what I'll do: I'll take one for the team. I'll read the spoilers. <laughs> 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 and I'll, I'll tell you if we should cover it or
2: not. <laughs> Oh boy, we'll have to cover it in some form somehow But uh, <laughs> real quick just going to run through these news items real quick And uh, wrap the show up here uh, So, New Japan announced today The New Japan Cup will occur between March 2nd and March 27th 2022 The single elimination tournament will take place Over 15 nights, being at the Nippon Budokan Ending with two nights at Osaka Joe Hall We had a question from Don, we one With the dates being announced for the New Japan Cup 2022 Do you guys think we may see a forbidden Tournament of talent from Noah taking part of it?
3: I maybe. I wouldn't rule it out especially maybe. being so close to this Noah show maybe something something comes of one of the interactions on the card Yeah I think it'd be super cool if it did And honestly that could just be one match too right? right maybe two because maybe they get one win and one loss but I mean New Japan Cup is a lot different than trying to add someone to the G1 right where you need to get 9 matches and the booking's real complicated um Whereas, yeah, New Japan Cup, they can you can bounce them as, as soon as you want. Yeah.
2: Then uh, New Japan
3: and All Japan will be holding a
2: joint show on April 16th to commemorate Korkin Hall's 60th birthday with a Joshi festival taking place the day before. Tokyo Sports reports that wrestling shows will be a part of the Korkin Hall 60th birthday festival on April 15th and April 16th. A women's wrestling dream festival will take place on April 15th, with the New Japan All Japan taking place on April 16th. No cards have been announced for either show, and no Joshi promotions were named for the April 15th event in Tokyo Sports. I had a question from MJDSPR: the news that an All Japan supercard could be in the works of New Japan. My question is, will we ever get a single dream bouts we're asking for?
3: I don't think you're going to get them right away. Um, I think I think you're going to see these tags and then I think eventually maybe maybe down the line you see some of these single stream matches maybe as part of a tournament or um, challenging for a title or a big surprise that comes out on one of the big shows but um, I don't think this whole thing's going to revolve around New Japan either um, I think that that's that's part of this is that I think you know it within your own fandom or you know this this certain community we revolve it all around new japan right so but i think seeing a new japan guy show up in say the n1 or champion carnival or something like that like that's also got to be part of the consideration because it can't all just be take right? right you have to also give so and if some of the new japan star power can help pro wrestling as a whole in japan um that I think is is a worthwhile investment. And I I don't I wouldn't put it past things moving both directions.
1: I uh, put a lot of faith in the idea that they were going to give us dream matches for this uh, Wrestle Kingdom Night Three show because it's Wrestle Kingdom and it was Noah versus Snoochpin. So I have now that that's been str- like struck, I have no reason to believe that they're going to do that with any other like shows. Now I'm not saying they won't, but until I see it, I'm not speculating that it will be the case at all. Doesn't matter whether they did that 5 years ago, which they did, or 6 years ago probably at this point, but still I uh, I just have no reason to believe that the, we're going to be getting any sort of major singles matches between you know New Japan and other companies in Japan right now until they do it. When they do it, I'm all here for it. Until then, I'm just like eh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I kinda of agree with you, Chris. I think it's gonna be a while until we, we get those dream matches. So I think we'll see maybe some top New Japan versus New Japan guys and all Japan versus all Japan for this show. Maybe we we'll get one big kind of cross promotional multi-man match, but I think we're gonna it's gonna be a slow build to getting some of the dream matches that uh, Abari has been talking about. Uh MJPR also asks, Do Japanese fans clamor for these singles matches as much as Western fans?
1: They do when it is in the right context. We've seen times like for instance when uh uh Tanahashi went to like I believe DDT and like wrestled Hiroshima and it just didn't matter and he like buried the fucking company and was like frustrated like visibly and like had to go back and like apologize to the company and the fans later for how bad he buried them all. So I mean there are times where it just wouldn't matter and it it depends on how you do it when you do it the right way, but if history shows us anything when it's done, right, yeah, the fans fucking love it, and it 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 means all the world to business, so yeah, I mean, who wouldn't wanna see a major like Kento Miyahara versus Okada match
3: right, yeah, it'd be great, yeah, I think they they clamor for it, but I also my understanding is that the domestic fan base is. Still very happy with the card as announced for the Noah show, more so than um, what we've seen from the Western audience.
4: Yeah,
1: good. I hope they enjoy
4: it. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> last, last few things here. So, we had uh, four matches announced for the January 15th strong taping in Seattle. U.S. of J Open Challenge: J White versus X. We have Clark Connors versus X again. <laughs> yes, X is I hope it's the, the
3: same right. X.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm He's just sweet, hoping actually. this X is uh, has some uh, swerve to him. If you you know what I mean. Uh, Clark Connors versus TJP. Uh, we have Drama King Matt versus ELP and Yu versus Brody King.
1: Wait, they're letting Matt Morris wrestle again. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> is, he, is he a broadcaster or is he a wrestler? I need them to make up their mind.
2: Well, we have uh, Ian Ricabani coming in, so he probably got bounced from that. So he's, he's back to being a wrestler.
1: He thought he found a grift that was going to keep him from taking bumps, and then he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> back to that bump life.
2: Yeah. Then we have a Suki scheduled for the December 30th Gleeked show coming up. And then we also have Blade. the return of uh Takataichi Mania 3 on January 10th.
3: So Suzuki's that... kind of uh freelancing now he that he's always... back in Japan. No, I know, but he's actually doing it. Well he's, he's mean, showing up in a bunch of different places. He was on DDT the other night, he's doing this Glate show. So I think that's good.
1: Yeah. Well, last year he did a lot of like freelance shows that people I don't think knew about. Because yeah. we track we tracked those uh excursion matches of the year like i had to track down all these weird fucking obscure like (laughs) um shoot style like hard hit like shows that he was on that like no one else knows about and i was like man this stuff's hard to find (laughs) and all these weird proto shows he showed up on all these like really weird like tiny cork and hall proto shows so i mean yeah he always does this stuff
2: yeah well, that wraps up for the news this week. We're going to hold off on these uh, off topic questions. We're going to punt you those want to, to next talk about week. Kyle O'Reilly? I would love to talk about Kyle O'Reilly, but we are three and a half hours into this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of Kyle O'Reilly questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about.
1: Wait, uh, I, I was just joking. I, I haven't looked over these. There are a lot
2: of. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about cool Kyle uh, on next week's episode. Whenever next week's episode is going to air, we still got to figure that out. Uh,
1: Real quick, one thing. This is just a comment from The Dark Soldier. He said, last week's podcast guest was Karen. I liked her. She seems pretty cool. I'd love for her to be a guest again. So uh, there was some love Karen's way.
2: Yes, Karen's awesome. She's uh, about uh, an hour away from us here in Tampa. Always a fun time hanging out with her. So she rocks.
1: I love it when people tell us how good the guests are. They don't tell us how much they love us. So...
3: (laughs) Well, you got good guests. It's true. We, we do a great
2: a great job of booking.
1: Get- <laughs> we always get the SAMHSA bump when he comes on.
2: Yeah, dude. Sam- SAMHSA's for. a top, top draw.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's weird. He's, like, closely, like, associated with Voice to Wrestling, but, like, they get buried on that on uh, Reddit. But anytime we post anything with SAMHSA's name on it on Reddit,
2: no.
4: we just
1: get all... We get extra interactions like,
3: like, oh, "Oh, shit, you got Chris Samson on the the dude that does the stats. Reddit
1: Reddit, Reddit loves Chris Samson.
3: (laughs) I'm the Minoru Suzuki of of (laughs) New Japan media. I'm a freelancer, Okay, Like, no, no, no strong associations around here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone wants to talk New Japan, if I've got the time. Now, with you guys, I got to give you far too much time. (laughs) <laughs> Which is why you know I always I just pick the big ones, right? Yes, yeah. I'm going to cover move, myself anyway. But let's man, move we're, to,
1: to recommend a match that we can get out of here, we're, oh. we're going on four hours here. Wait, before we do that, are you going to come here for Tampa for the uh, New Japan show so we can get uh, Korean barbecue?
3: Um, I would say it's a possibility. Mm. Yeah. So you're yeah. saying there's a chance? I, I'm saying, there's saying there's I'm there's quite there's literally saying <laughs> that there's a chance. yeah.
2: Uh, so last week's recommended match of the week was Nagata versus Takeyama from uh, 2002, May 2nd. Uh, the Fighting Spirit uh, show in the Dome match was hard-hitting. It was awesome. These guys, it was were, fucking awesome. guys were throwing each other around. Um, freaking Nagata's mouth was bleeding, striking hard. Uh, Takeyama kind of took control of the match in the beginning part. Nagata had a fight from underneath. And I uh, finally come back, hit some big soup for the end. It's a, a big hump, jumping inZ uh, to the back of Takama's head. Gets the uh, big win there. Uh, definitely a really great hard-hitting match to check out.
1: The crazy thing about it was, like, it started so hot, and then it was violent for so long that it wasn't even that long. It's, like, under 20 minutes, but by, like, the last five minutes, they're doing nothing but, like, down spots and long selling, and then getting up and, like, hope, like, Spots where they're just hitting each other, and it felt like it was like an hour long match where these guys were just life and death at the end, but it really wasn't even that long of a match. Like, it's they, they made it feel more epic than it actually was because of how hard they wrestled in the early parts. It, it, this is a violent match,
2: yeah, it, it's awesome. And it's like 15 minutes,
1: yeah, it, it, yeah, it's not even 20 minutes, it's like 15 minutes, but they did a great job integrating the MMA into the wrestling I don't know what 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 do you got if you guys haven't seen it you need to check it out it's incredible
2: now for this week Chris I failed to ask you to, to have a pick ready do, do, do you have a pick ready?
1: I'm and, just and because I, I kind of versus New Japan centric specifically and in, in the dome uh, <laughs> no I'm just playing <laughs> no you can do whatever you want I,
3: I was care. gonna say I'm just gonna go chalk because I'm on the spot here uh because I you know I saw it's coming um uh, but I only saw it coming about a minute ago. Um, <laughs> can I go chalk and say January 4th, 2015, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi, my favorite dome match of all time? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm gonna, I'm just going to throw that one out there.
1: Uh, I'm sure we've never reviewed it.
3: Okay.
2: Sounds good to me. Wow. Well, Chris, uh, thanks so much, man, for uh, giving us your time. Come on the show again. Uh, give the listeners your, your plugs and where they can find you online. Anything you have, you're working on coming up.
3: Yeah, so Twitter at the Chris Samsa. Uh dot Wrestling.com is my website. You'll see Wrestle Kingdom previews. I'll probably repost my my full workbook of Tokyo Dome statistics this week. Um, that'll kind of be my feature thing that I do this week because people like to thumb through that stuff and find wacky random stats that come out of the the tokyo dome stuff so um i'll post that again this week in the build-up to wrestle kingdom and then i'll also have my big previews um and the stuff that i send out to kevin kelly i'll have posted somewhere on the internet uh later this week as well so yeah. hopefully you can follow along with me and um i'll be up watching the tokyo dome shows live so um catch me on twitter and we'll uh we'll uh talk about the shows as they're happening
2: Nice. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Next week, we'll be, we'll be back sometime to review uh, Wrestle Kingdom 16 Night 1 and 2. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and click the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you can with us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at KI Strong Style. The network is at Social Suplex. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan. Also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. On Instagram, we're at Social Suplex. On Reddit, on the Pro Black Guide, I'll just keep in a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at SocialSuplex.com. Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social SocialSuplex Podcast Network One Is Your Radio, hosted by Rich Lada and James Floyd. The Grave Consequences Podcast with kill and Maserati. All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin. And the AEW Match Guide Podcast, hosted by Sir Sam, which I was on last week, reviewing uh, Young Bucks versus Lucha Bose from uh, the first double or nothing. Also, you check out the FOH draft, which is available for a uh, pay what you want model on socialsuplex.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review, and we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts.
1: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next
4: time.